Yo, yo, yo. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Uh, welcome to the Coach AB Show right here every morning, 6 a.m. to 9 Pacific, right here on YouTube. Uh, got a great show today. Matt McChesney, I think we got his technology figured out. He'll be joining us today. Chase Sr. joins me. Um, we're going to break down all things NFL. Plus, Matt will talk Russell Wilson and the transfer portal. And myself and Chase, we'll, we'll break down our top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, plus all things 49ers and Eagles, Chase covers, plus so much more. Deion Sanders to Colorado, all that talk, all that jazz. Plus, Kanye West ordered to pay 200 k a month to feed the kids. We're going to break that down. And Georgia Tech hires what I think is a good hire. They kept their interim head coach, which I think we need to do more of. We're going to break all things down right here on the Coach JB Show, and uh, can't wait to get after it. I can't wait to see Matt, though, more importantly. I want to see Matt and his new technology. Hey, man, I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Let's get you the quote of the day. Um, brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday night football. You can bet that. You can bet all things NBA plus college football. This weekend's a crucial weekend in the college playoff, which we're going to break down today. Uh, quote of the day. Stop calling it a dream and start calling it a plan. Man, that's one of my own. I use that all the time. I've always used it with my players. Stop calling it a dream, man. It's good to dream and all, but it's just a dream. You never put it to uh, fruition. Call it a plan and start making some goals, writing them down, making them tangible. Go get them. Stop making it into a dream, man. We, we, too many of us live in la-la land, and guess what? Time is a thief. It will pass you by. You'll still be dreaming in one hand and have shit in the other one and see which one fills up first. The shit. Dreams don't really matter. Make it a plan and go get the plan done. Poll question. Is the quarterback play in the NFL good or bad? I got to get your take on it. Be open-minded. Don't tell me. Josh Allen does more than anyone you've ever seen. That don't mean he's a great quarterback. Let's be real. We're going to break that down today. I want your honest opinion. Uh, is quarterback play in your eyes, everybody in the chat, good or bad? You know how I feel about it. Uh, I think we have the best athletes ever playing the position. I think it's the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. But we can break that down. And contrary to belief, brought to you by betonline.ag. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending, contrary to your belief. I mean, I don't know if that resonates with you or you can understand that at all, but that is real talk. You can't go back and change the beginning, dog. Stop trying. You can't go back. And I don't have rear view mirrors in my car because I'm not going that way. I don't look back. So 
please understand, you cannot go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are right now and change the ending. So contrary to your belief, hope that resonates with you. Uh, I like dropping truth bombs on you guys every morning. Uh, contrary to belief, a wise man never knows all. Only fools know everything. I love hearing all the haters. I love hearing everybody, all the naysayers. It's funny, though, that everyone that comes out that knows everything has yet to prove or provide me with a resume. Why is that? Y'all know so much. Why aren't you dropping me a resume? <laughs> why can't I get a resume, though? So, you, See, I show you what I know. I can prove to you what I do. Why are you all so fast to talk about? I can't believe on TikTok. We're live on TikTok right now. TikTok, I dropped a Jason Whitlock a clip of myself and him. And I'm like, you know, Dion's half of Dion's team didn't know who he was. And then I'm glad for the people that came out and actually know better. They were like, actually, JB's right. They don't. And then all the all the naysayers that know so much that yet have, have yet to prove provide a resume. How y'all don't know who who Dion is? That sounds crazy. They know who Dion is, really. So do you have a coach on the staff? No, I do. Do you have players on the team? No, I do. So I think I have a little better insight than you do. But it's funny how y'all just know so much and. I got secondhand embarrassment for you guys. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I really do. Because I would never put my foot in my mouth like some of y'all do when you actually know absolutely nothing, but you know all things. And that is what we call a fool. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Contrary to belief segment right here, brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, never be a prisoner of your past, contrary to belief. It was just a lesson. Not a life sentence. It's not a life sentence, dog. Quit being a prisoner of your past and and let everything that happened before affect you now. Stop doing it. And stop letting others dictate it to you. I should be a mother. I should be a goddamn pastor. I'll be I'll be the only legitimate pastor in America. <laughs> I'll be the only straight-laced preacher in America because we do know. Priests and politicians, most crooked motherfuckers in the world. Um, Chase Sr. is going to join us later on. So is Matt McChesney. We're going to break down all things college, football, NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're going to break that down. Um, Appreciate everybody in the chat. I'm just getting to it. Uh, see you guys. Uh, appreciate you. Um, yeah, it is. It is sad. The 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 generation do not. They don't honor the past. They don't honor the people that paved the way. They don't honor uh, anyone that has allowed them to make this money. It's kind of disrespectful to not only the game but just to the forefathers and itself. You got Kyler Murray who who can't. You know he's throwing everyone under the bus. He can't accept criticism he can't accept responsibility or accountability but yet we pay him 200 million dollars like it blows my mind and then half the fan base thinks this guy is really something special well he is something special he's a special shitbird and y'all got beat on him cardinals you got beat on him i'm just throwing that out there 
But, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, Coach Ruble, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Uh, my poll question is on Twitter. Go, uh, go vote and share it, everyone. I appreciate you. Uh, we should probably put it on TikTok, too, if we could. Um, my Jason Whitlock segment of the week will be posting on my YouTube channel today, uh, at 3 PM Pacific. So go check that out and go look at that, uh, live 3 PM. Uh, I appreciate you, Kels. Uh, Kels said he watched last chance Q live last night. Really good show. Uh, tonight we go every day, man, 5 PM Pacific every single day on YouTube live right here on my channel. Last chance Q. Um, you know, uh, me and Sean Salisbury, uh, Sean Salisbury and I, contrary to belief is the way you say it. Um, you know, we're doing some real things, um, on that show and we're only growing it. That's what she said. And it's going to get better and better. And uh, we're going to start doing live clinics on Patreon. So make sure you guys subscribe and become a member on our Patreon located in our bio links. Um, and you can get clinic film, teach tape, all that shit. We're getting it done, so I'm sorry that new stuff's not up yet, but we are getting it up in there. So, uh, yes, uh, we'll make a new poll question right now. Who got finessed more, the Broncos or the Cardinals? But I can actually say who got finessed more, the Browns, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Washington Wussy Wizard or uh, Commanders, uh, the Carolina Panthers. You know, I could go on and on and on and on. So, you know, that's something totally different. That's something totally different. Um, hey, hey, Sean Waffle, it is real, real talk. It's true. You play football and you don't know who Deion Sanders is. Sean, I'm telling you, I had kids. Listen, Trey Roundtree, shout out to Trey Roundtree. Uh, running back for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers. He came by my house last night. I'm going to post a few videos and, and, and pictures later. Man, he just came by, picked my brain. We got to chop it up. Uh, you know, he, he was at Missouri when I was at Independence uh, doing the show, so he was a big fan. We got to be close uh, over the time, um, and he ended up – he was on my show, and we talked all things football last night, talked all things Chargers and 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 everything. Uh, Coach Staley, we we broke down a lot of things that I, I I can't share. I'm not gonna put his business out there, but we we discussed a lot of things last night and just had a lot. Of, we had a few cigars, uh, posted up, chilled, and a great young man, man, 23 years old. He's way way ahead of the curve, by the way. If you ever saw our show together. Uh, with Trey Roundtree, you'll see that he's an old soul, very mature, a guy that's been kind of raised on his own. You can see it. And he doesn't blame anyone in society for what has happened to him that is good, bad, or indifferent, which we need more of. He's wanting to go out and get it. He's not going to cry about not having it. <laughs> that's the huge difference. And uh, great young man, man. I got a lot of admiration for this kid. Um, so uh, great that he drove out to the house, came out, got to chill with them. And we were breaking a lot of these things down. We talked about a lot of these things. And uh, he knows everyone that played before him, Sean. Everyone. And he said the same thing. He said, dog, there's cats on the Chargers that don't know who Marcus Allen is. 
I'm just let you let that sink in for all the naysayers that think they know so much. There's cats in the NFL right now that don't know who NFL guys were that paved the way for him. So <laughs> I'm be honest, Sean, I, I agree with you. Kinda Dion may be the most transcending NFL player ever. I don't know though. I, I don't know if Bo Jackson don't get hurt. I think Bo Jackson was a was a different cat, and I and I also got to say he doesn't get the credit. But Lawrence Taylor, there'll never be another one. Derek Brooks was the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor, but I don't know if there'll ever be another guy like Lawrence Taylor, um, because you know Dion for the most part stayed healthy, stayed out of the way. You know, even though a lot of people say, oh, he wasn't physical. Dion was physical. Uh, I've got buddies that played against Dion. He was very physical. People don't want to believe that. Um, but Lawrence Taylor had to battle at the line of scrimmage every single snap um, in the era of which is the most physical era in NFL history. And uh, I would have to go with Lawrence Taylor. Um, you know. What up, TikTok? Come on through, come on through. Uh, I went on a, a show in Chicago yesterday. Uh, some people hit me up because, you know, they think I'm a hater for Justin Fields. No, I'm not a hater. I went on the show, and these these two, these two hosts, you know, kind of got defensive, like, well, you're saying this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You're saying it and putting it in my mouth. I'm telling you what the eye in the sky shows. And Justin Fields looks like Walter Payton. He doesn't look like Troy Aikman. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. And by the way, where's Justin Fields at right now? Oh, on the sideline with an injury. Oh, guess what? If he knew how to throw from the pocket, he'd still be healthy playing right now, helping his team. But instead, they get waxed by the Jets because you're not out there looking like Walter Payton, running for 200 yards a game. Like, Let's just keep it real. Don't get mad at me because I tell you the truth. That doesn't make me a hater. I've had people tell me the truth about myself my whole life. And you know what I do? I sit there. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You're right. But I was, I, I actually know some respect. I have respect for my elders telling me things because they might know more than me. But unfortunately, these young cats think they know so much more nowadays without ever even being in both generations. Guess what? I've actually been in a few different generations. You've been in one. Uh, I've been in a few different eras. You've been in one. And then you, you sit there and tell us what you do and don't know. And then you, what we do and don't know. I'm like, really? I've actually was in that era. I actually got to see him play. You didn't. But you're going to tell me he's no good. <laughs> Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Um, shout out, man. I, I, I got bombarded by an entire community college football team. All right. Uh, it gives you hope. You know what I mean? It gives you hope out there that these cats, these young kids actually want a guy like me. That's going to discipline them, teach them the real, give them the real, raw and uncut, coach them hard, love them harder. It, it gives me hope. 
but it was a calculated effort. I won't say the school name. It was a calculated effort that an entire roster got together and DM'd me one by one by one. And I got probably, I don't know. And I'm not, I don't know if it's the whole roster. I'm not, I'm going to exaggerate a little, but it was probably 30 to 40 DMs from different kids. And they said, coach, our head coach got fired. We need a new head coach. We want you. We've told our administration, we want you. Can we get your email so they can contact you? And I, I couldn't respond to everyone. And I don't want to respond to them all because it's just, you never know what these situations are. But I responded to one of them. He was a poly, a Polynesian kid. And uh, I said, listen, son, I appreciate you. Tell your guys I do. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you reached out to me, uh, number one. Number two, uh, your admin's probably not likely to hire someone like me. And number three, at this stage, man, they probably don't have enough money for me either. And I, and I didn't say it that way, but that's just the truth of the matter. It's going to take quite a bit to get me out of this chair right here with all the things I got going on. So I'm just being honest, but I love the fact that their whole team reached out. Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, impressive. I appreciate them. Um, so much love to those, those kids. Uh, we're getting after it this morning. Kanye West uh, was ordered to pay $200,000 a month for Kim Kardashian's kids. I got to be real with you. What in the hell do those kids eat? Themselves? Each other? Other kids? Like, how much money do you need? <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. Two hundred k a month. I, I got to be real here. Um, I, and I don't care if you have it. I don't care if you have the money. All right. I don't believe anyone in the world, especially in this inflated ass era. Time right we're in right now with inflation. You, I don't believe that anyone needs 200K a month. Um. To survive when knowing the mother of those kids is almost a billionaire as well so i just don't understand the way these judges make these orders because it just doesn't make sense though the one mother's almost a billionaire just because the dad's a billionaire don't mean that the kids need 200k a month because we know kardashian ain't using that 200k a month on those kids what is she buying them a ferrari I like I'm confused on what these cats need for 200k a month. Like I'm confused. And I've seen NBA and NFL players have that same thing. Jawan Howard, man, was ordered to pay that that amount of money way back in the day. And I'm like, but number 1, strap up. You don't want to deal with it, strap up. Don't get married, don't have kids. I mean, it's just life's about choices. I'm sorry. That is why you see me sitting here right here uh alone <laughs> now i bring multiple females over we talk and have little uh discussions here and there 
I'll leave it at that. But that don't mean that I'm marrying them or having kids with them. It's too shady, slippery slope. I don't, I don't mess around. I don't even risk it. Two people in the world I trust, me, the other one ain't you. And that's just what it is. I'm sorry, but that's true. So we got a lot to discuss today, man. Um, Kanye's 200K a year. I want to break down the college playoff pitcher. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, the highest paid coaches in America in college, which are higher paid than a lot of NFL guys. And I'm going to show and talk about that with Chase Sr. later and Matt McChesney. Um, Georgia Tech hires Brett Key as the head coach, who was the interim head coach. And, you know, I'm curious why more schools don't do it. I'm curious why more schools don't do it. You know, I don't know. Like, why don't more administration administrators understand that this guy has a thumbprint on the program he has a thumb on the heartbeat of these kids he understands the pulse if the kids like him he's done a good job he needs to be retained brent key did a hell of a job at georgia tech after the firing of their head coach and I believe he deserves the job. I think he's going to do well. He did real well down the stretch here and had his guys playing very hard. Uh, I wish I would see more schools do it instead of hiring a search firm to go out and hire a coach who don't know anything about that campus or those kids on that campus. And it was funny. I was talking to Trey Roundtree last night at my house about this. And he's like, coach, every coach out there at the four-year level, these D1s, they know if you were coaching D1, they would be asked out. And that is why they know it. They know not to get me in this D1 thing. You imagine giving me Missouri and letting me run with it? Dog, I'm going to get kids that Nick Saban should get. I'm going to get kids that Kirby Smart should get. I'm not going to get them all. You know what, though? I'm going to get enough. To where your programs aren't going to be what they are right now. Just let that sink in. I'm going to steal enough good quality kids into my program that you at Georgia and Alabama and Clemson aren't going to get them all. That is what they don't get. But you're going to keep me out, dog, because you know damn well those cats are going to want to be there. They're going to stay. They're not going in no portal. They're going to come in. And I'll change the landscape. I'd start recruiting high school again. I'd start recruiting JUCO again. I'd start getting back the foundation that once was and start the change now. Get out of the portal. By the way, the portal went up 4,000 people just since yesterday. Since yesterday. 4,000 people since yesterday. Just throwing that out there. 39,000 people in the transfer portal right now. That is an epidemic. That is an epidemic. 39,000 people in the transfer portal. So here's a topic. Me and Whitlock talked about it. We posted it yesterday. All the haters came out. Sean Waffle sent me a tweet, too. It's, it's comical, dog. 
Sean Waffle, the comment, the comedy on Twitter and, and these other platforms about the people that talk without providing a resume is unbelievable. That's why I'm so quick to block a cat now. I, I get gratification from it. I used to think it was a bitch made move. Now I love it. I think it is a stand up move because everybody that you're blocking is either a troll, a bot, a fake anyway. So I don't feel bad at all. And then I get DMs from them. Coach, you blocked my account. Can you unblock me? <laughs> like, come on, man. You need one of my BMK hats. I mean, let's just keep it real. You need one of my BMK hats. And I'm just being honest. 39,000 kids. And I, I, I sit there and talk about if school A didn't want you or if you could not play at school A, why do I want you at school B? So I said that and basically said that in, in, in a roundabout way. And I'm like, if you couldn't play for them, you can't play for me. That was my mindset. I never took another Juco kid at Indy, ever. I did not take other people's trash. That's what I called it. I don't take other people's trash. That means why would I take you from a Juco that I beat already? You weren't good enough there. How are you going to be good enough here? See, that's the mindset that these college coaches do not have or possess anymore. They want to take the easy way out, go in the portal, not have to recruit, not have to turn over rocks, not have to find kids, and live in the portal. So I come out and say this, and then you get these naysayers and these haters and everyone that knows all things, which we just said is a fool, and say, well, Jalen Hurts benefited. Uh... Joe Burrow sure benefited. Uh, all these, these cats that won Heismans. Well, three of the last five Heismans are transfers, and they won, They sure benefited. Well, let me break something down for you. There's two parts of this, and I can't wait to talk to Matt about it. Number one, they probably would have won the Heisman at the school they stayed at if they were good enough. See, this ain't letting you, you're not letting this sink into you, though. This ain't sinking in, Alan. Alan in the house. Alan, one of my former players in the house. This ain't sinking in no more, Alan. I don't think people understand what's not happening right here. They want to take, they want to take. Hey, Alan, explain to Bruce Helms what I did with Carlos Thompson so I don't have to. Uh, let them know that I took Carlos to California when I left Garden City. And then when I got the indie job, I brought him back with me because he was my kid. It wasn't a kid I did not know. So explain that to him because Bruce knows all things, which is a fool. We just said that. So anyway, um, Bruce loves putting his foot in his mouth. God damn. I'm glad you're a paying member, Bruce. Um, twofold. Joe Burrow, guess what? Wasn't good enough to start at the moment he was at Ohio State. So he didn't start, dog. Bottom line, he didn't start. So he transferred to LSU where he had a historically great career and won and, and goes and wins a natty and does all these great things. So you can argue that it benefited him or you can argue that he wasn't good enough at the time. And if he would have stuck it out and earned his keep, I would actually give you more credit. But since we're so quick to jump in the portal now because we're not starting, doesn't mean you would not have won it at the other place. 
It just means you would have to have waited a little longer. But see, so many people think that they just left and won at Heisman. Well, I don't give you as much credit as if you would have won at the school you signed with from the get-go. Show me that Heisman. Because you guys think that just because you transferred to another school, to me, it's like a coward. You're running from competition. And then you went to a school with a lesser talent base at your position and get a Heisman. So that means, yeah, you had a great year around a hell of some talent, a great talent. Guess who's won the Heisman the last few years? LSU, Alabama, guys with great talent around them, but couldn't start at the previous institution. But you act like if they stayed, they wouldn't have won it. You don't know that, and I don't know it. But don't act like just because they transferred is why they won the Heisman. That makes zero sense. If he's good enough, he's going to play wherever he's at. If you're the Heisman Trophy winner, why would you transfer? Because you couldn't play there? Then that gives me some questions. I have some deep questions on how good you really were. And how good is college football really right now? How good is NFL football right now? I have some deep questions. Alan, I'm trying to tell you, they're getting lazy, dog. They're getting lazy. They don't want to recruit. They want to sit in the portal, Alan. They want to sit in the portal and just sit there. And I'm just like, come on, man. They want to get in the portal, sit there, chill. Uh, they're not going to recruit nothing. So I don't know. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, they've agreed to a new contract. I'm going to break that down later on here. I'm going to get into that contract. Um, $9 million a year, man. Got to love it, right? Got to love it. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Uh, another uh, United States soccer beat a Iran. Uh, people, uh, listen, man, they scored two goals in what? Two games or three games. That's not enough action for me. Last night, the LA Kings uh, lost in hockey uh, nine to eight. I'd rather watch that than someone that just runs around. Like, I got to be real, dog. Soccer has to be the most boring school or sport in American history. Like, it's got to be. In Amer that's played in America. I know it's not American sport. I'm talking about in America right now that we, for a sport to watch, I believe they're worse than baseball. I don't want to see a bunch of yahoos running around the whole time, keeping the ball away from each other. That's just keep away for me. That's called smear. I can't say what I want to say no more. But you know what I want to say. <laughs> smear the, you know what? Unbelievably soft fucking society we have nowadays dog we can't even say that that's all soccer is to me keep away and then maybe we'll score go and the motherfucker just says go for 20 minutes eh, dog shut up just say he scored <laughs> just say he scored uh soccer's bad dog it's bad i'm gonna be honest I can't watch that. There's no way I can watch that stuff just running around. Oklahoma defensive back Jordan Muke 
has entered the transfer portal. Shocker. Uh, looks like Coach Venables lost a kid. Uh, man, it's just unbelievable to me. I was talking to Trey Roundtree last night about these coaches and their relationships with the kids. There isn't, dog. He's saying it right now. That's the number one reason he thinks kids he thinks kids are soft. They, they're transferring for a reason. Now, remember, this kid's only 23 and just was leading the SEC in rushing a few years ago at, in Missouri. And he's like, Coach, these kids are soft, man. They don't want to compete. They can't get yelled at. They can't do anything. And he had a, we had a good conversation at my house, man. So it was it was good. Um, Von Miller is trying to come back week 14 versus the Jets. And then Aaron Rodgers went on McAfee yesterday and said he plans to play against the Bears. Uh, that the x-rays came back okay. I'm going to ask Matt if he should play uh, along with uh, along with uh, Matt Stafford as well. So uh, let's bring in Matt McChesney and see if the technological wizard is here. Matt, can I hear you? I don't know. Can you hear me? Ah, <laughs> fucking clap it up. God damn, that is a fucking happy. I've been lonely as fuck two days, man. I've been down in my dumps. I, I've been seeing posts. Matt's pissed off at the world. Fuck you, Twitter. I don't care if my shit don't work. I want to come on. I'm uh, mad as fuck yesterday at technology, dog. Hey, if the crowd and the audience could see Matt behind stage and backstage, you guys can't see him, but I can. And I just want to do a rendition real quick of Matt backstage before. So I didn't want you guys couldn't see Matt, but Matt's in the back and he's like hitting the phone and he's like, okay, can you hear me? And I'm like, and I, I can, I can know if he's here and he's like hitting the phone. And then he's just like, oh, he's throwing shit. Like, I'm just like, yeah, let's not show Matt. Um, I, t yes, sir. Chris Schneider. I told him yesterday. He's much clearer now. He's got a much better situation going on. Uh, we've updated it. He's up, ready to go for the big time. Um, and I've missed – I've been slow playing two days, man, just trying not to use all this information we have out here because I wanted to get your take on all this stuff. Uh, hey, shout out uh, Joe Accord for dropping Matt 20 bucks. Shout out to you right there. Uh, Appreciate uh, it, bro. But I'm keeping that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, by the way, I have not paid Matt, so I look like a horrible liar right now because everyone's going to say, you didn't pay Sarah either. Well, guess what? KU still has another game, by the way, geniuses. They got a bowl game to win seven. I'm not paying nothing that it ain't over yet. That's uh, okay. I'll wait. I ain't going nowhere. And I'm going to see Matt in a couple weeks, so don't think I'm not paying him in cash. Well, can you, you take Venmo? Yeah, sure. I mean, I prefer cash, but I'll. I'll if, just you wanna, if you want to document this shit for Joe Biden, then sure. Nah, I can't do it. Uh, lots to go over, man. Kanye West ordered to pay 200k a month to his kids. How about that? You so like yeah. that? I you saw, I saw this last thing? night, and I, I immediately just wrote on the post, "Do not get married." Like, I'm a divorce guy. I, 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 uh, I think that this is almost, it's almost funny. Like this, 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 I'll just say it, man. This spoiled bitch needs $200,000 a month 
Hey, Matt, That's she's almost you, a billionaire herself. What I'm saying, like, she can't just be cool and be like, look, I don't need the money. She just wants to hold his nuts over the fucking fire because she's her. Like that's that's what she does. She's a man eater. So this is a trend with women these days, bro. Like Uh, they just they they they, there's no more like no, there's no more there's no there's no more like your fatherly duty stuff. Like there's no more roles. There's no more you know. Just I don't think there's anything wrong with being. Uh, you know, a, a mom and and like my my mother wrote, ran a business and was a mom and she's a superstar. And like, you know, my dad was there and busting his ass. They were together forever. It just there's no more commitment. People run from everything all the time now. The fucking courts are all it don't oh, matter what you do. If you're a man, you're losing. So uh, it's pro woman, especially in California. It's pro woman. Uh, you know, it, it, Bill Burr, my favorite comedian of all time, who I'm actually going to see in a couple of weeks, his fa- famous line is, you know, is this the line to lose half of my shit? Oh, look, it's moving. So I uh, I yeah. feel for Kanye, bro. He's going through the She's going through it right now, dog. I'm telling you. The hey, everybody wants been- to hear your take because I know you saw a post and I know you commented and you were saying, let's talk about it. Um, I broke it down yesterday with the Dion thing to Colorado. I know we spoke last week when I was in Arizona. I got some information about him possibly doing it um it's still out there i think he's waiting to play southern and make a decision and weigh this thing out because fau came open in between that time and usf is open which in my opinion matt um and I, you know me i, I talked to darian my one of my best friends in the world your friend a legendary colorado buff in his own right um eric b enemy uh i spoke to some people like I want your take because you're from there. You live there. You're in the deep, dark hole in the abyss of the Colorado Buffalo Nation. You coach the kids around there. You know the recruiting landscape. You know more than anyone else involved in this thing uh, that's not in the program. But you are in the program, but not, so to speak. So taking Darian and and being in me, and I won't share what they said, but just going back to the 80s and 90s when we were younger and Darian went there and then Jamel Holloway went to Oklahoma and Abdullah went to Nebraska. All these Compton, Long Beach, Watts, L.A. kids were going to the big eight schools that all three were powerhouses, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Colorado. All three of them shared natties year, 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 year winning natties. That is when you had a different era. Cats were getting paid. Cats were doing things that we're doing now legally, but it wasn't legal then. Yeah. Um, a few blackhead coaches, just keeping it honest, Embry, uh, the latest one, Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker Darrell. Darrell, just haven't had success. And I'm not saying it's because they're black, okay? Let's be clear out there for everyone that's idiots. Uh, it's a bad situation. Embry, Embry walked into a bad situation, wasn't given time. Colorado alum. Yeah, Tuck, um, Tucker did it to himself and left in a year. Tucker did that. Probably screwed Darrell, right? He probably Durrell screwed Darrell. Durrell was just terrible, and he got a bad hand. So, so that's, that's a bad is, is Boulder, Matt, you're from this area. You know it well. And I'm and I'm not going to tell you what Darian said, but Darian's obviously lived there his whole life and says he refuses to come home to California. He loves Boulder in that area. Uh, it's the most beautiful place in the world to him. But he has said a couple things. But is it, in your opinion, 
a viable place for a black head coach to thrive. Absolutely. I think there's opportunity there to take advantage of, you know, is it smug, you know, white guy hell? Yeah, of course it is. It's Boulder, Colorado. Uh, But that said, the only colors that are important in Boulder are black and gold. And And green. And and green. And the color of the head coach don't mean shit. Um, As long as we're winning and things are good, then he could be, you know, like fucking orange for all I can. I don't give a shit what color he is. Uh, as long as, 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 you know, he's a good coach and he can do the job. Now, I think Dion not only would bring if he is the guy, which I, I think he will be, I, I don't know that, but I think he will be the head coach. Uh, we'll see if he's not, I think Ryan Walters is the next option, which he might, he might even be better for the job than Dion, you know, the defense coordinator in Illinois, he played there with me. He's young. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's real motivated. He is a fucking incredible defensive coordinator. Um, he's got Illinois running at a high level. He develops talent. He can identify kids. That Witherspoon kid was a zero-star walk-on, and now he's going to be a first-round draft pick. So he's good at his job, no doubt. But Prime would bring something that hasn't been in Boulder since I played there, and that's swag and, and some bad boy attitude and un- unapologetic for it. And, you know, not only that, but he's really upbeat and he's really positive. And my favorite line from Deion Sanders is, you know, my confidence in myself shouldn't affect you. If you think negatively because I'm confident, that says something about you, not me. So I, I think that he could come into Boulder with the right support and, the and, you know, the money behind it. And I, he wouldn't take the job unless the transfer portal rules have changed and he's getting paid and he has money for his staff, there's no way he's going to take that job unless everything lines up the way it's supposed to. You know, uh, it, the, the advisory board that they're working with uh, is doing a good job, you know, and when the when it's over and, and whoever's hired is hired, I will talk more in depth about that as we go through it. But I think that, I think he has real potential, and if he were to come to Boulder, and he does what Prime does, and he brings that attitude, and guys transfer in, and there's, you know, that ability to sit down in a room, and you're not just talking to any old college coach, you're talking to Dion Primetime Sanders. I don't need him to come here and do X's and O's. I need him to come here and do people. I need him to lead the lead the people. He needs to hire an unbelievable offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and let them run the schematic stuff, and then Prime sprinkle in his greatness. But he needs to recruit. He needs to fundraise. He needs to go out there and be the face of the program. And I, this, this like, there's this adage out there that he'll only come for two or three years and then leave. Well, if he does that and turns the program around, that's how he leaves. He either gets fired or he does a good job and gets another job, which I'm cool with because they are wallowing in a pit of hell right now. Did you hear what I said yesterday? Do you agree with the part I said about Colorado? He can win there, just like you said. I think he can win win there. I think he is the fit for Colorado. I just don't think Colorado's a fit for him. Well, they're not if they don't change the way they do things. And then, like I said, I don't think he'll take the job unless that, you know, happens. So I think Colorado has realized that they have to get on the same playing field as everybody else. They're not this like, yes, they're an academic institution and they're highly regarded, but it's not Stanford. I mean, 
you put you put down your smug attitude and let guys into school. You know, the, it used to be a football factory when I was there in the '90s, um, and it can be again. They can do that again. And and look, I've also heard through the back channels here that the conversation with the Big Ten is sparked up again uh, with Utah and Colorado because the Big Ten wants to be able to go and control every time zone. So if they go from Rutgers all the way to LA, you can literally draw a line from LA through, through, you know, Utah, through Colorado, through Nebraska, through the entire Midwest, all the way to New York. And the only state that you're missing is Vegas. So you have to drive through Vegas to get to the rest of the big 10. So I think that that the major market too, is very attractive. If that were to happen, it would just, give another boost to the program. But look, I think he can win here. If he does come here, I think he will. He'll attract the kind of athletes and the kind of players that we used to have there when I was there. Um, And he'll keep the in-state kids home. And then he'll be able to go to Texas and Florida and California and recruit upper echelon talent. Guys will want to come play for him in the transfer portal. So it's a huge opportunity for him to get this right. And it's important that he does. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a coach that's kind of taken a non-traditional way to get where he's gotten to, it's important that you saw Trent Dilfer get hired by UAB. It's important that these guys have success so it opens the door for more guys to get those opportunities. So I think Coach Prime coming to Boulder, if it does happen, uh, I don't see him leaving in three years. I think he's a builder. I think he's struggling with, being committed to a place like Jackson State and building it and then leaving. I think he's struggling with that right now. It's why it's it's taking time. He wants to honor his team. He wants to finish 12 and 0 and then he's going to make a decision. So um I, I think Man, you know as I know, these power 5 schools, they don't wait for you. They they're wait, they're waiting for him. Yeah, I don't know if they're waiting for him. I think they may be waiting for a few other pieces in the of the puzzle from what I'm hearing. Um one of them being Jim Moore, the other one being Tom Herman. Um, I've heard these two names rapidly, uh, not only by my agent, but a couple people involved. Uh, I'd be really cool with Jim Moore. I think he could do a great job. But Tom Herman, you can you can check me out of that one. I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I Tom Herman literally kiss every single one of his players on the cheek before a game. And I was like, look, I love you and shit. But as a coach, if you try and kiss me before a game, I'm going to smack the shit out of you. And then if you're kissing everybody, what the fuck are we doing here? Is this a makeout session or are we here to play football? Well, he'll, he'll also fuck everyone's mom. So I'm just, he's just, I don't think he's the right guy. There's a reason he's not coaching. And for all the things he does well, uh, he's also got a pretty bad reputation. <laughs> Yeah, you you could you could talk to Zach Smith about him quite in depth. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely is not shy about throwing the old meat hammer around, if you know what I'm saying. Um, he and Zach Wilson hang out together a lot. On yeah, Milton. the Mormon milf hunter. Let me ask you something. <laughs> uh, Fuck. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers plans to play this weekend. Should he? Should he not? And why? He should stop jerking off next to door handles and bashing his fucking thumb on it. Um, but that said, yeah, he should play. I mean, if he can play, go play. You're playing the Bears. They got chopped up last week by my Jets. Um, they're not good. He owns the Bears. It's an opportunity to go out there and keep playing. 
Um, if he doesn't play, eventually they're going to transition to Jordan Love. So if he wants out of Green Bay, go sit, and they'll find a way to get rid of you. I was just watching something, though. They're saying that there's no possible feasible way that he can get out of Green Bay, that he's stuck there. They're I'm stuck sure they, there. They could trade him if they wanted to, right? Yeah, but they owe him so much money, they would have to pay the other team like $20 million just to even take trade acquisitions. So, like, I guess there's something in his deal. Um, These big quarterback contracts are like – Unbelievable. They're crippling teams. They're crippling teams worse than – the bonus babies did. You remember well, how yeah, they wanted to get rid of bonus babies and now they're yeah. doing these ridiculous quarterback contracts and they are literally crippling franchises. I'm going to be honest with you. Nobody's talking about it, but I've been looking it, into it a little deeper. The Kansas City Chiefs, unless they do a miracle, which the Rams could not figure out how to do, are next year and the year after are going to be really, really, really hamstrung with what yeah. they can bring in because of the $500 million deal. I'd imagine they are going to be hamstrung. And they could be a team, man, that's going to hit rock bottom, similar to what the Vegas – they won't do Vegas because Mahomes is so much better than Derek Carr. But at the same time, you're going to have roster limitations, and you know where that hits, Matt, up front. You don't get the big time left tackle. You don't get the number. You don't get the best three technique anymore, which is the number two and three highest paid players on that roster after Mahomes. And you're not going to get those guys no more. Especially, how are you going to re-sign their best D tackle? Like, so, so look, just looking at it, I don't know how you're going to keep Chris Jones and Brown and all these receivers and all these other dudes. But you do have Mahomes. But let's say you invest in Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Or Aaron Rodgers, who's declining, or but still good, but declining. Or you invest in Lamar Jackson, or do you? So I think that the proper way to win in the NFL right now is to draft the quarterback and have to pay him league minimum for five years, and use the you know the 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 fifth year option to your advantage and keep him under a reasonable number or keep him under a, a low number and have him play well and extend it out as far as possible and milk him for whatever you can. And if you get a Super Bowl and an MVP and you see everything you need to see, then pay him a huge number. But even then, as a quarterback, like if if I'm one of these guys and I'm just – if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at it and going, I'm going to ask for $300 million guaranteed. Am I going to be able to feel the team around me to even be successful? Because – like the Broncos now, they have no cap space. They would have to cut like 30 guys to get rid of Russell Wilson, even to have money to go sign somebody else. So that's not happening. And nobody wants to come play here because the cap is so bad and the quarterback isn't any good. So there's no money to give anybody else and the play is bad. So Lamar Jackson, their play is not terrible. It's sure ain't good right now, but it ain't terrible. If you're looking at that and you're like, okay, if I'm Baltimore, am I really going to give this cat $300 million Or am I going to figure out a way to just move on and go draft a quarterback in the first round and keep the party going and let him go hit free agency and let somebody else take that opportunity to completely cripple their franchise? Or you could win a Super Bowl. I, I don't know, bro, but the Rams won a Super Bowl last year spending a ton of money on a quarterback, and it doesn't seem to be working out out this year, but is it worth it? Was but if it you worth got your bowl, man, Sean Salisbury think, seems to think in this league, you played in it, uh, Matt, 
In this league, it's absolutely 1,000% worth getting the Rams. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. Look, the the Rams mortgaging their future on to get a Super Bowl is 100% worth it. You're fucking right. Super Bowls get you in the hall. They separate players. Separate That's players. what we play for, right? Yeah, so, you know, I think that McVay – Cup and Donald and Stafford, all those guys will exit pretty much around the same time, either the same year or within a year of each other. And the Rams will have to rebuild their pro their franchise and their program, and they will. They'll be fine. Um, and they'll recoup their draft picks as time goes on, and, and people will look back at this and go, they bought a title, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is a mercenary league. Go buy a motherfucking title. In fact, if you're not doing everything humanly possible as a GM owner and, and like coaching staff to go buy players and buy a title these days, you're fucking up. They're giving you the opportunity to do it in college and in the NFL in college. It's rampant, bro. Hey, I have 45 fucking phone calls between yesterday and today for grad transfers. And you know, oh, I tell you, guess what? Just take a wild guess. I don't know if you heard me earlier, the transfer portal, Went up how many? 30,000. Huh? 30. No, no, but I'm talking about from last night till this morning. Uh, it, was, it was 24 something last Friday when we talked. Oh, bro. Look, it's 39,000 right now. 39,000 kids? Yes. Jesus. Fuck. But I want, to, I want to give you this number, which is more alarming. From yesterday at this time till today at this time, 4,000 have entered. Well, yeah, that that's the it's it's the end of the season, and you have to be in it. You can officially start recruiting kids on the fifth on Monday. So, this is the area of the year where this happens. There's a run on players. If you're a grad transfer, go get your money. I will help you transfer to the end of the earth. I'm going to help a bunch of my guys do it. You've put in time at your university. You've earned the right to hit free agency. Essentially, good for you. If you don't have any film or you're just disgruntled and you're like a year into it, you need to go back to fucking school and cut your teeth and earn this shit. Earn the right to go be a free agent. That's the way I'm looking at this. So it, you can buy players now. Why wouldn't you? I mean, what the fuck? You have the opportunity to literally throw money at people to get them come to come play for you in college. And in the NFL now, you can just leverage draft picks. And every year you can go out and find players to help you win. Like Philadelphia did. Philadelphia's maxed out free agency. They went and signed Sue and Joseph. They are doing everything humanly possible to maximize this window they're in because they have a quarterback. They're not paying shit. And they know that they're either going to have to pay him big money, which is going to hamper some of the ability to do the job in other places. Or maybe Jalen Hurts is the first guy that realizes maybe taking 20 five million dollars a year or 23 instead of 40 will allow us to keep our, pl our players together and keep the nucleus together which allows us to go on a run and i don't people don't talk about this as much but i i know you know this tom brady has never been the highest paid players at position ever he sacrifices he, he money always sacrifices money to bring in players he did it consistently throughout his career he would always restructure he would he would be like the 12th, 15th, 18th highest paid quarterback and shit, and he's winning MVPs and winning Super Bowls because you're giving the team resources to go build around you. He went to Tampa Bay. He wasn't the highest paid guy. He got paid, but he's not the highest paid quarterback, and they had enough money to keep Godwin and Evans and 
pay Ryan Jensen and, you know, go out and get free agents and keep their linebacking core in or t- intact. So it, it, I think that less right now is more as a, as a signal caller, making 25 million and keeping your team intact or making 40 million and watching everyone leave and not having the ability to sustain greatness. I don't know how I would think about that if I'm a quarterback right now. You're a quarterback. How do you think about it? Look, this is my point I wanted to bring up. NFL quarterback play, to me. As you know, I've been saying it. I go on out of limb. Everyone talks shit about me because I'm I'm the one that says it. But I'll never renege in anything I do. I'm going to stand by it and be convicted in my convictions. I think quarterback play is at all-time low. It's the worst I've ever seen it. I've also stated that it's the greatest athletic position we've ever seen at the position. We've we've seen the greatest athletes ever playing the position. Josh Allen, Lamar, Mahomes, all these Herbert, they're freaks of nature. I I get it. I get it. Um, But let me ask you this. Let me just break this point down for what you were just saying. Look at the guys that are stepping into programs, organizations right now, that are doing equivalent or even better, you can argue, even though they're not as talented around a roster that you can just look out and say, damn, I can improve this roster tenfold if I keep Taylor Heineke and just build around them. I can improve this roster tenfold if I keep Mike White and keep him in here for a league minimum and build around him. A guy that just went fucking 23 of 28 for 335 and three touchdowns. And absolutely rallied around him. You saw it on their faces around the Jets. They love that guy, bro. They love McGovern's my, uh, one of my clients and he's their center. And he was absolutely, he's on my show next week on Savage and Average. Make sure you download the podcast and subscribe on YouTube, but. He'll be my my guest next week, next Tuesday, and he was fucking raving about Mike White. Just he's a leader. He came in and fucking took the reins. We love playing for him. But I mean, I mean, let's just let's just go down the line. Like, okay, Cooper Rush. He's not as talented as Dak, but he went five and one. He's, so he's, like, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. And I'm saying, like, this guy can go somewhere else. He can go to another place. Geno Smith. He's been more than suffice. Oh, like, not let's just look at either. guys. What? I'm just asking, like, do you have to pay these overpriced fucking bitch-ass cats like Kyler Murray, like Russell Wilson, and and implode your roster when there's guys out here like these guys who actually want to do it and the team actually rallies around them? Let me ask you this question. Who's worse? Who's in a worse situation eating regrets right now? The Broncos? The Cardinals? The Washington Wussies? Carolina Panthers, or uh, who was my other team I was going to say? Fuck, who's the other? Oh, or the Cleveland Browns. Who is in a worse scenario right now, retrospectively speaking? Denver's in the worst situation you can be in. They are strapped in the salary cap. They are a $100 million cap hit next year for a quarterback that doesn't look like he can play anymore, uh, that his teammates – Honestly, I feel like they despise him. Uh, he's corny. They they are rolling their eyes at him. They don't want to be around him. There's a narrative out here in the in the country that I think is true, I, and and that you know guys don't want to play with him because he's an he's an eye guy. Uh, Hackett is a disaster as a head coach. 
They need to get rid of that guy immediately. Every day they keep him on is just doing irreparable damage to the franchise. Uh, I think the Broncos are in an, an, a situation that if they do not figure this out and Russell Wilson doesn't look at himself in the mirror and go, I have got to be a, a 45 to 50 run first play action under center, manage the game guy with a good defense rather than 48 throws and not going over a hundred yards passing until the fourth quarter last week and not being able to push it down the field. And my accuracy's fucked up and everything's getting batted down at the line of scrimmage because he refuses to change because he's being smug. So I think Denver's in the worst possible position of any team in the NFL. And, and they're going to be for years to come. If they don't figure this shit out, this is bad, bad, bad in Denver. Uh, you know, I'm on 92.5 altitude here, uh, 10 to noon, and just the overall sentiment of Broncos country, uh, people are so angry and disappointed, but they're like, they're shocked at how bad it is because you and I, everybody thought that this was going to be a success. Like, I thought he was going to come in here and turn Denver into an immediate contender. Uh, they have a great defense. They have good skill position players. At least I thought they did. Their offensive line was improving. At least I thought they were. I mean, it's it's monumental how bad they've gotten and how they just keep regressing week by week to the point where, uh, you know, you got Big Mike yelling at Russ and then Russ's body language looking all sheepish and like Hackett but, didn't but, but what does the stand tell? The tell-all tell right here, Matt. I saw you post it uh, over the weekend. It's the head coach right here. That tells you all things. He didn't even he didn't even know it was happening. This guy's such a punk, bro. Hackett is a is Hackett's a fan. Hackett is so enamored with Russell Wilson. He's probably asking him for autographs. You know, he's a fan trying to head coach. He but never I think 90% of the coaches in the league right now, since the era of ours, of the Parcelses, the Cowards, the once Tomlin leaves, once Andy Reid leaves, once Belichick leaves, you've already lost Arians. You are now in this generation of this guy, the guy in the Dolphins, this yeah, guy. Not everybody. I, I, like, I like McDaniel a lot in Miami. I know you think he's a weirdo, but I, I, I mean, he's winning, so I got to, you can't say nothing. He's winning. Well, I just I like the way that he thinks and how articulated he is, and he can actually talk to the guys. He speaks to them like men, instead of like not talking to them. Like Hackett doesn't say anything, but he talks a lot. He talks around everything. Josh McDaniel, same way. McDaniel, look, you know how I feel about McDaniel's. I think he's the ultimate fuckboy as a head coach. Uh, but the Raiders have won two in a row in overtime, and they seem to have their shit figured out on offense and. They're rallying around his message, at least. The, it, at least in other places, you see coaches that are maybe a little different or have a different way of doing things, and they're having at least a little bit of success. New York, Dayball's having a bunch of success. New coaches around the league, Peterson and, and Jacksonville, I know he's not he's a retread, but he's having success. That was a great game the other day. Uh, they look like they're getting better. The, the Colts, they're kind of a circus. You know, Ursay is up there fucking popping pills, and it's circus time again in, in, in Indianapolis. We'll see what happens there. That's a completely different conversation. But, you know, O'Connell in Minnesota, they're having success. Uh, guys around the league that got these jobs, Miami's having a ton of success. John Salah in New York, he's finally having success, which I love to see, obviously, being a huge Jet fan and alum. I 
the only one that's a clown show is Denver. They're a fucking clown show. And Hackett does not have any uh, authoritative, you know, muscle structure in his body whatsoever. He has no backbone, no spine. He has no heart. He just stands there and deflects and never takes accountability for anything, but says that people need to be accountable. And Russ and his, like, super positive fucking nice guy bullshit attitude they're fed up. I know Purcell, bro. He's went to Highlands Ranch High School. He went to Wyoming. He's undrafted. He had he got cut this year after getting a, a life-changing deal to restructure his contract so they could go pay fuckboy Russell. And Russell and, like, the guys on the team, I guarantee you, they're not going to say this, but I know it. Just looking at them and the, and the way that they're operating, being around this team as long as I have them. There is a huge break in that team between Hackett, Russell, and everybody else. No like doubt. They, they are literally, did you know that he won't allow anybody to play a song with Future in it? Like if anything comes on the radio, he gets super pissed off and it has to be turned off immediately at the facility. That You know how, you know how fucking soft that is, bro? Why? Why like, Future? Because what? <laughs> Because fu- future, you don't know this. No, future is here. You think I know who the fuck future well, even I know is. You know who future is. Future is a bad motherfucker, but he's future junior is Russell and Sierra's first kid. That's future's son. That's not, <laughs> that's a fact. You didn't know this. Hell no, and I don't give a fuck either. Well, yeah, but I'm oh, saying man, like, did the, not know the, this? the sensitivity of Russell. This is my point. Like. If, if just put yourself in that situation as a coach and I'm a player or whatever, we're sitting in the locker room and fucking low life by future comes on and we're like, Hey, turn that up. That's a banger. And all of a sudden Russell's like, hold on. Nobody play future. You guys can't listen to this with me in the room because future junior. And it makes me feel bad. And he used to my wife and you know, it's, <laughs> oh, we can't listen to this fucking song. That immediately shows me that he's too immature to be in the room. Everything's about him. It's little things like this that, like, you hear shit like this that you can't play future in the locker room and everybody's rolling their eyes at it and laughing about it. <laughs> and it's the, play- it's the players talking about it. Like, oh, dog. It's, so, it's so bad in Denver. We can't even play fucking songs because hey. this, guy's, this guy's wife used to be this guy's ex and he gets super sensitive about it. Hey, Bro. this makes sense oh, wow. now. This makes sense now. Is future still fucking? I, I don't want to speculate on that, man. This is a TMZ, but I doubt that. Sierra seems like a pretty wholesome woman. But she I'm, didn't fuck with future, you told I, me. But let me speak. But I am saying she also does like the gangsters a little bit. Like future's a lame drinking stripper fucking. Rapper, <laughs> hey, we could have a conversation about this where I would blow everyone. Like, I could blow the internet's doors open right now with a comment. I'm gonna well, say look, it. At, uh, at one point, Sierra was with Future, and now she's with Russell. So she, the, the con, like the scale is, you know, Future and Russ, and they're on two different points, bro. <laughs> Way different fucking cats. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't know who fucking who. It's all the same. They're all fucking each other. So I don't really care. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a, big, it's a big sex island. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I used to. Uh, 
you know, when I was around and I got to be hang out with these celebrities and see these things. Plus, when I was just, I got cut back in the day, and I, I, I got to hang out. Me and Tony Gonzalez chilling at the mall. Got to see this pad. We had this fucking. He had this pad of paper, and this 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 girl came over and left it at his house. She was a ten thousand a night hoe. That's how much she charged. Ten grand a night. She stayed at your house. By the way, she was fucking a lot of NFL head coaches, a lot, of, a lot of different people, right? Ten grand a night for this broad. Now, I'm going to tell that's you. A lot, right that's now. a lot to tell, to tell her just to leave. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. She was bad, but I, I'm not giving you, I wouldn't give you a square to piss, but she was bad, all right? In this book. Ten grand, that's a lot. In this book, she had every single gangster that I, I actually knew half the fucking book. It was cats from Watts, Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood, yeah. New York, Chicago. She had all these gangsters in there that she fucked all the time. And, yeah. hey, these, these rich bitch, bitches want thugs in their life. Don't get it twisted. Sierra, maybe fucking future. We breaking news right here on the Coach JB show. I mean, look, dog. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge believer that you know you can talk about you wanting the nice guy all you want, but when it comes down to it, most women are underneath all the nice guy bullshit and the church and all that shit. They're freaks, and they want, they want, they wanted somebody with a little bit of an edge and. I mean, you can say you want to fuck the banker guy all you want with the comb over, but bad boy over here will will dick you down right if you let him. So, you know, it's it's usually the other side of the fence that they gravitate towards, and they'll never say they. It's like when they say no, and when they say no, like those are two different things. Yes, it is. Same word, two different things. It is. Uh. Let me ask you something. Let's translate back to college. Transition, I should say, back to college. I want to call this segment Portal Power. I want to ask you something. Um, I've been taking a lot of heat because I went on Whitlock and I basically said, well, you know, I wouldn't take uh, Johnny from school A to school B uh, because I think he's damaged goods. And then these guys come out and say, coach, these cats are now in control. They have the power over these $10 million a year coach. And da, 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 da. Well, real simply put, Matt, I could take the power away again and put it in the coach's hands if you would stop taking these fucks out of the portal. It's not well, very fucking difficult to figure out. Good, good football players control football, period. So, uh, yeah, exactly my point. It ain't, it's been before money, Matt. It's okay, been so well look, before so, money. So, let me ask you this Are my, like, for example, I'm going to use Casey Roddick, guard at CU, played five years there, has been through hell and four head coaches, graduated as an NFL prospect, has one more year of eligibility, has never been hurt, is a fucking dog. Drake Nugent, Stanford center, uh, is going to, you know, he's, I don't know if he's going to enter the portal or not. He's finishing his, his semester, graduating, has played three, started three straight years, all Pac 12 player, Remington award list, not hurt. Uh, those guys aren't turds. Those are fucking leaders. And they've earned the right to graduate. They've graduated and they put in time. They have earned the right to be a free agent and go get paid in this system. And the system is what it is. And the players have every right to get paid and maximize their earning just like a coach. Coaches leave and, and are mercenaries and will jump to a new job and fucking heartbeat. 
regardless of what they've told the players or family and all this other bullshit, it's all comes down to money for them. So I, I think that like, there's two different things. If you don't have any film and you haven't put a time in and you want to transfer, it's probably because you're a bitch made cat. Those are the guys you're talking about. If you're a grad transfer and you put in fucking time and you've earned the right to become a priority free agent, essentially in the NIL world that we live in, well, God damn it. You better strike where the iron's hot. This is exactly why guys like me and guys like you coach and before us exactly why we've been complaining about the fucking, you know, the indentured servitude system of college athletics for fucking a hundred years. So I, I think that the change is good. I, I am over the whole like traditional college football system. I've had to scrap my, my way of thinking on this because it's not real. There's no more conference affiliation. There's no more rivalry affiliation. Everything's money motivated and greed motivated. And the players, I don't think they should be looked at negatively for taking advantage of the system that a bunch of fucking adults and coaches came up with. So the NCAA came up with this shit and they took hands off and said, you can transfer whenever you want and you can get paid under the table and you can go do whatever the fuck you want, Wild West Cowboy style. And people are taking advantage of it. And to be honest with you, if you put, I put myself in the situation and I come off my senior year and I have a COVID year to go play wherever I want, or I could go to the league and I could go sharpen my skills and make, you know, there's conversations I'm having with NIL stuff and coaches where these kids are getting upwards 150, 200 grand. And, and they, that's pretty fucking good for a college player, you know, especially alignment. So if that's what I'm looking at to go refine my skills at a, a major university that will only up my value as a player as I up their value contributing and then go to the draft and keep developing as a player and line my pockets, I'm fucking doing that in a heartbeat regardless of, you know, you're a bad guy because you're not fucking committed to the team. That same fucking coach has how many different jobs has he had that he jumped from A to B? So especially with the 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 rampant style of coaches saying one thing and doing another when mel tucker walked in to see you at the fucking at the recruiting conference that i was at at blake street tavern down here a couple years ago and said i'm not going anywhere the reports are false you can trust us our whole staff's going to be here and at fucking midnight that night he was packing his shit like the colts leaving fucking indianapolis or the colts leaving baltimore for indianapolis in a mayflower truck I, at that point, like I've had to really reshape my thinking on this. So I know that you don't like it, but I, I got to disagree with you on this, dog. I just, at this point, I my message to these college players is go get your fucking money and make sure you're secure, but don't, this is twofold. <sighs> the only thing I don't like about it is the NIL can't cut you. So if you're a turd and you I'm get paid, can't have take it too, dog. Like, well, like I'm asking that's what it is. The the NCAA allowed this. There's no nothing <laughs> to say that the kid can't get paid and quit like that fuck did at LSU. Nah, I'm gonna but ask. I, I know damn well that there's a lot more kids <clears throat> knowing this generation. There's a lot more kids that have spine and backbone and work than the outliers that are turds and make everybody look bad. Well, let me ask you this. What importance does the NFL carry now if we're going to pay these kids like we're paying them in college? They're not even getting close to what they would make in the league. Shit. 
Not even fucking close, bro. Maybe what a, a half of a percentage point is making. Oh yeah, I agree. I know it's not every kid. They're not making anything. I know it's not every kid, but Matt, you and I know every kid is chasing Nico, the quarterback that's coming out of Long Beach to go to Tennessee to make eight million dollars as a freshman, as he should. And that is why I say, what does the NFL have now that you don't have in college? If everyone's chasing this, a pension program, a full vest, uh, retirement benefits. The the entire structure of the NFL behind you, uh, the the ability to go play in 32 places rather than 300, I, the the ability to actually make real endorsement money based on you being a professional and not an amateur. I I do think that there's college kids that are going to make some money, but I mean realistically, the amount of kids that are going to make fuck you money is zero. None of these kids are making retirement. Yeah, but I think the fact that you can chase it is ruining the game. Why you're chasing it? You're chasing it in college anyway. I was chasing. No, the I'm NFL talking about college. I'm saying the fact that you can chase this big bag of NIL money when the fact is the average NIL deal is three hundred dollars for these kids. The, well, the let them chase it. That doesn't get, mean they're going to get it. Any, I don't I care know, what you're I'm just saying. The mere fact of you thinking you can is why you have thirty nine thousand in the portal. Well, then, what I just well, don't—I don't agree with. I just don't. What you can't sit here and tell me thirty-nine thousand people are disgruntled and fucking just. No, I, I don't. I don't think that they are. I think that a lot of them are grad transfers that have earned the right to transfer, and the other ones need to go back to fucking school. That's what I think. So I, I look. I don't really give a fuck what motivates you as a player, as a coach. I don't care what motivates your ass, as long as you play hard and you do your fucking job, and you earn your money, then you're worth whatever you earn. But the minute that you become a fuckboy and you become entitled because you're getting paid, I see, I just don't assume that everybody's going to be that guy. Yeah, there's going to be some that are total pieces of shit that make money and shut it down. There's NFL players that do that, Albert Hainsworth, and the list goes on. But I, I still think that my motivation the entire time playing football was to get paid. I wasn't just playing for fun. So I still think that I, I would have been equally as motivated in college. In fact, I would have been way more focused in college if they would have been paying me and demanding that I did things a certain way rather than giving me a $900 stipend check and asking me to go to fucking history class while I'm rushing. They're not demanding them to do things, though. That's the problem. They, That's the difference between our era and this one. They're well, not demanding it. They're allowing everything to happen. You can enter the portal after you get your bag. Well, then that's on the people that are fucking signing the deals. They're they're dumb as fuck for allowing that. But you again, don't, you don't have to allow it. You can stipulate in the contract that they have to do certain certain things away. No, but if I'm hearing you can't stipulate because it's coming from outside entities. Well, so there is no stipulation from the as, a, as a business owner, I can put in the contract that says you have to stay where you're at, do what you do, post the amount of times, and do things as in a business sense, or I'm not fucking paying you. Period. So yeah, but you're not. You're not. Th- those aren't getting. That ain't being put in those things because the other school's not going to put that in the stipulation, and that's how A and M got these kids. Well, the schools aren't doing it though. It's the NIL people, and the NIL people are independent business people. Oh, no, it's boosters can. outside. Yeah, yeah, they're independent boosters, business people, and they can put in the contract whatever they want. If they choose not to, and they don't enforce it then they're fucking stupid and they shouldn't be involved with it anyway. So I did, I just as, as a like business that. owner, if I sign a kid to an NIL deal, 
which I'm probably not going to ever do. I don't need to. But if I say I'm fucking Walmart or Tesla or some shit and I sign a kid to an NIL deal and it's contingent on him doing things a certain way and playing and being on the team and then a month later he quits and just leaves, I'm not giving you shit, kid. Fuck you. Take me to court. I mean, these kids just don't have – like, Matt, the, the, the investment of the kid in this generation is not there for me to pay them that much money. Like, yeah, but I disagree with you. I, where this information, you're basing it off of a couple of kids. I work with this generation every day, bro, and I'm, my motherfucking players are worth the money they're going to get. Every fucking one of them. There's not one swinging dick that walks out of this place that doesn't deserve their bag. And they bust their fucking ass. They were here at 4.30 in the morning today. It's five degrees outside working for it. You know, so I, I disagree. I think this generation is... But Matt... They, I think they're very crazy. motivated and they got their shit together more than we give them credit for. Let's be honest, Matt. They are paying you for a service. They fucking better be invested. Well, so why can't why can't college football players get paid? I, I'm not saying they can't. I'm all for them getting paid. I'm not for them getting paid the way that they're getting paid. Okay, so what structure would you prefer? A, a scholarship structure that, that the Division II model uses, which I've said on a million shows. This is what they should do. A D2 model gets, let's say they get 35 scholarships. They, they have to split those up, Matt, as you know. They have to split those if they want to get good players and get still. You're not going to put guys on full ride immediately? Yeah, you are. But the Division One level, we get 85 scholarships. So if yeah. I'm going to do it on a Division Two model, what I'm going to do is the five-star kid's going to get five-star money for his why, duration. Why are we going on the D2 so for his five years, 10 semesters, right, at the Division One, you get five years, 10 semesters on a scholarship. So right. I'm going to pay you, like you just said, I used to get a $900 fucking bullshit scholarship check. Well, now the five-star kid is going to get the NIL money from the outside source, plus the college is going to pay him for his education on a scholarship being a five-star, like a Division II model. You're going to get 100%, which so means some, your check is going five, to be- Some fucking rating service gets to determine how much money you pay, kid? No, no, no. Your coach is. The coach is going to do it based on the recruiting stature. So if you're recruiting this number one five-star kid, you know he's going to get paid based on his scholarship. The second-tier kid... The four-star, he's not going to get as much. But now you're not going to have as many side eyes in the locker room that you're getting right now that Trey Roundtree came to my house last night and told me how crazy it was his last year at Missouri when coaches are going around saying, hey, dog, don't leave. I'll give you this bag. Like they don't think the kids are going to talk to each other. Look, look, I'm just going to say this from the great Jay-Z, Sean, from from Jay-Z's mouth, okay? Jealousy is a female trait. And all these jealous motherfuckers, because somebody else is getting the bag, maybe you should go get your own fucking bag. And what I love about what's happening right now is there is no restriction on how much your hustle can pay off. It's like being a small business owner. If I go hustle and I wake up every day at 4 a.m. and I'm making more money than you and I'm more successful and you have the audacity out here. Look, you want to talk about bitch made cats, bro. I'm in Denver, Colorado, where we they fall out of the trees. Everybody thinks that they deserve it because they breathe oxygen. No, they're everywhere, bro. And they're, they're, it's, it's rampant. I, I know that. But it's bad here. Like, I don't get along with people here. I don't think that they do things right. I think we're in hobby town. And people fucking hate me for it. Coaches hate me. Other trainers hate me and shit. I'm a coach. I ain't no fucking trainer. And if I am a, a personal trainer, I'm the fattest personal trainer on earth. 
I'm a fat personal trainer that's successful. Figure the fuck that out. So I, I look at it like if you're a hustler and you believe in yourself and you have the ability to go market yourself and use social media for the advantage it is, and you listen to your, your you know, your consigularies and shit, which is essentially what I am for all these kids, you know, and I'm an agent that's not an agent. I, I personally think that the college football landscape should turn more professional in this regard and they should structure the payments like you're saying, but that, that shouldn't limit their ability to make money outside of it. You should be able to go hire a real agent and have that on in your back pocket, real money managers, real people that can actually help you rather than this like facade that everybody's going to get paid. Although the wild west atmosphere allows hustlers to hustle. And that's yeah, why I like I, it so much. But I think what you're saying is kind of like it, what you're saying is like an oxymoron in the sense that you're saying go get your hustle on and you can but what it's really doing is allowing you to enter the portal at an all-time rate to go chase greener so pastures. What's wrong? What's wrong with my grad transfer guys going to the portal? Grad transfer is not an issue. Russell Wilson. Okay, so that's that's what I'm talking nice about. I, I've said this repeatedly. Everybody that's not a grad transfer, they should make it as hard as possible to transfer. You should stay in school. Uh, that's deal with that's the adversity the and fucking move forward. If and you're that's a grad transfer. My point to your point, though, is it's kind of an oxymoron, though. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. We can't telling them. We can't say that rule, though, because that's not going to be a rule that's ever implemented. Well, and I agree, rule, but that's my opinion. I, no, I get it. What I'm saying is, though, we can't say they should be able to chase this every single kid and then don't transfer. Like, it ain't going to happen, bro. Like well, it ain't I, happen. I've been saying it to people for three weeks. I, every kid that I meet with and family I meet with, if they don't have film and they're not established, my advice is to go back to school and establish yourself and then figure out if you really want to transfer or if you just want to transfer right now. And, it, you know, it's the option and giving kids the option when they're immature and they haven't done anything yet. Of course, little Jimmy wants to quit and go back to mommy's house and eat chocolate chip pancakes, but that's not reality. So, Hopefully you've got somebody in your corner that actually tells you the truth instead of all these kids being surrounded by yes men. No one wants to hear anything hard. So yeah. if, the kid, if I, I tell the kid they shouldn't transfer and they still do it and it, and it looks bad for them and it doesn't work, that's their fucking problem. So uh, you can only give so much advice. Each, yeah, individual, I, each individual circumstance is different. Yeah, uh, Bruce Helm says, why is it okay for a coach to chase the bag but not the player? Both are why is that okay? I agree. There's the issue. They're not both grown. See, that's what this whole mystery is. These are 18-year-old men. They can go they get drafted to go fight in a war. They're fucking grown. That's they're bullshit. Not, they're, they're not getting drafted at 17 years old right now in the NFL. Uh, that You can still go make as much money as you want as an adult. At but 18 years you, old, you're an adult. You, let me get your definition of an adult, and I'm going to give you mine. Tell me the definition old. of a grown folk person. 18 years old, you're an adult. No, you're not. Yeah, you are. Right. You're not. If you can get motherfucker, you're an adult. Let me ask you, Matt. You got a daughter? No. All right, so I got a daughter. She's when right. she turned 18, she said she was an adult. And I said, no, you're not. Have you paid a light bill? Have you put a kid through college? Have you paid for someone else 
Have you paid well, for somebody else in your life? No. years old is an adult in the United States. That's my Yeah, definition. yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. But that's not a grown person making decisions because you haven't that's made a decision yet. You haven't paid a light bill yet. You haven't paid no, a don't fucking pay bills and make decisions. You're a man now. Future than the experienced man who's earned his keep his whole life does. Yeah. Yes. Know. When you're a when you're in the pussy ass bitches, homie, and the coaches that allow it are bitch made too. Look, and I know so many fucking asshole coaches that have said one thing and done the other and fucking left people high and dry. No so doubt about it. Fuck it's if you're 18, too. 28, 38, or 48. If you have the ability to make money and you're an adult, 18 years old or higher, and you want to fuck and you you think that that's the right thing and you want to go make money and get your bag, go get it. If there's no age restriction on earning potential, that's fucking bullshit. So if a coach can go jump at any bag they want and go to any school they want, what because a kid's 18, 19, or 20, he can't do that because he's not an adult in your book. That's fucking ridiculous. I understand 18 is an adult, but 18 don't mean you're grown. There's a big difference. Well, if you make a grown-ass man decision and it blows up in your face. That's you what's happening, though, Matt. That's what's happening. happening everywhere. There's a bunch of these kids. Again, that's a really broad assumption that every single 18-year-old kid is is transferring or not committed. Or well, I'm not saying every 18-year-old. So if, if, if you, again... If you're 18 years old and you're in college and you're getting paid NIL and you're making bank and you want to transfer and somebody else is going to pay you more, go get your fucking money, dog. You've earned that right. Just like any coach will jump in a bigger bag and they're not going to apologize or call people's parents and they're not going to like people are going to talk about that has earned that though a kid hasn't earned it yet give me a fucking break earned it what if if somebody's willing to pay them they've earned it no that's not my what i'm telling you that's how it works matt let me ask you this matt what's not your fucking money what do you care oh let me ask you this a 19 year old kid just got a fucking training job and opened up a thing right up the street from you Mm -hmm. you think he's earned the right to do exactly what you've done and have the same exact result and do this and he, have the he's same earned the right to have the opportunity to fuck up or do it right. Yes, I'm not going to deter the kid from doing anything. In fact, I'm not, I'm not deterring the kid either. I'm not deterring. But, the kid. But I'm what just I'm saying, saying is, look, bro, it's not your money. What the fuck do you care? Number one, and then number two, you're trying to tell me that like because of a kid's experience, he doesn't have the op. He shouldn't have the opportunity that other people have what no i'm not saying they shouldn't have an opportunity i'm saying we're making it so free for all that it's making this thing implode in front of our very it's eyes the same rules as the coach coach hey but just just because it's not my money guess what it is though it's my fucking record it's my livelihood on the line no. okay. you, so you, i guess coaches like lsu did and then no, fucking bounce on me i never even got anything from you if a coach wants to keep a player, they better pay them and treat them right and develop them. And it, the play, it goes to the players as well. They have a, a role to keep in this as well. It's not one-way street. But there's there's so many examples of fucking coaches that abuse their fucking power and are super prick bastards because they know he's got these kids by the balls. You don't have them by the balls anymore. You got to fucking develop them. You got to get them paid. You got to treat them right. You got to fuck. I don't, I don't think any of that's true. You know what you have to do? Suck their dick. 
You have to kiss That's these bullshit. kids' fucking pussy asses. Any, no. You got to totally kiss their daddy's bitch ass ass. That's what That's we're doing. We're not coaching them no more, Matt. That's you can't yell bullshit. at this kid no more like we once did, Matt. That is so bullshit, dog. I am the hardest coach on anybody I know. On oh, we're kissing their asses. Dog, that's bullshit. I fucking coach the shit out of kids on a daily basis. You day. may. I'm saying well, you, may, you may. I, I went to college and coached next week. I would be the same exact guy, and they would gravitate. You have the kids in the portal. That's bullshit. They will gravitate towards me, not away from me. I, I mean, you, you I would hope I could do that too, Matt, but the truth you got is. this assumption that there's a bunch of bitch-made cats out there, and I don't agree with you. I think that this generation is informed. They're educated and they don't want to get walked on and they know that they can make money and they should go get your fucking money. Every coach, every coach now, now he coaches, you don't like this. You don't like that the play, playing field's level and the kid can go get paid just like you can go get paid. I wonder why that is because you don't have the fucking control of his balls anymore. That's really what this is about. It's a fucking control thing. Yeah. Well, it's not for me. I've, I've always taken all oh, I've I'm to a detriment taking care of my kids before anybody. No, I'm That's not saying you. Number one. So I've always looked out for my players over myself. That's why I'm not a coach anymore. That's number why, one. That's why they gravitate towards you, bro. And I understand that. But at the same time, I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've been here speaking to these kids every single fucking, every other week I'm speaking to these programs over here in the youth. Dog, you can't do what we once did. These, these coaches out here, whether we agree or not, are kissing their ass at an all-time high so they don't transfer. And guess what they do? They transfer. Well, I guess but you lost all integrity as a man kissing their ass, begging them when really you should be telling them the fucking truth and fucking setting them free. We're not doing it no more. That's why we have 39,000 in the portal. If Matt, I'm going to tell you like this. If me and you were split into 30, uh, 132 people, and me and you were the head coach at every other college in Division One. We wouldn't have near that many transfer portal kids. But that's not reality. Me and I you agree. can't coach every program. And these cats that are coaching these schools that are making this much money, Matt, is well, is fucking unbelievable. Well, coach, this my point is, you're making my point. The co the players see the coaches leaving and going wherever they want and making millions of dollars. And then the coaches are turning around and saying, don't do it for yourself, but it's okay if I do it. That's fucking ridiculous. That's the epitome of hypocrisy. That's, That's why the game really, was so... Was well, so we, we disagree on that because I think you have to have some sort of fucking earn your worth at some point in your life. Yes, but, but your worth your worth is what everybody will pay you for. Ferrari keys, Matt. Here you go, uh, dog. You have it. Dog. Take it and run. Your, Fuck no. worth. Man, earn your keep around your, my house, homie. You better earn your before I just give you the keys. Your worth is whatever somebody will pay you. Period. No. You oh, really? You oh, really? Oh, really? Well, how is Russell Wilson working out, homie? That he, they thought he was worth that. Oh, it's not your worth, dog. You get doo-dooed. You get, we get trick bagged all the time, man. He's not we living get, up to the expectation, but he was worth that much money when they paid it to him. I, I don't know if he's worth that much money. He got tricked. That's bullshit. When he got the bag, you didn't fucking say, wow, they just paid him too much. 
That's what I'm saying. We get trick bagged every day. Well, by these guys. Okay, but you, no one can predict the fucking future. So exactly. you have to pay for the good. Exactly That's why you have to earn it. That's my point. No, Russell Wilson team. didn't earn the contract. Fuck. Earn yes, you would give Kyler Murray two hundred fifty million from what? I'm talking about fucking Kyler Murray. I'm talking about would you give a person two hundred million from what you've seen already? Who a per a person? Any of them? Lamar, Kyler, Deshaun. I had I had no problem with the Broncos giving Russell Wilson this money. None. None. When he when they signed him, I thought it was a monumentally good contract, and it was going to set the Broncos apart. And he hasn't lived up to the billing, period. I don't think Mahomes and his $500 million contract is a bad deal. I think they are probably got a good deal. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this. We talked about this last week. You brought up a good point. You talked about this kid that decommitted from uh, Florida State. Well, I come to find out this is why the kid decommitted, because this kid flipped from Ohio State to Florida State. Yeah. So the other kid we talked about leaving Florida State, we were wondering why he's not going to compete. Well, this is why. And this is happening pre and post getting to that university. Pre meaning a kid that you, me and you were competing, we're both quarterbacks. I signed with Florida State. You were committed, but you know what? Since I signed, you're like, fuck you. I'm not going to compete against you. I'm going to Ohio State now. But and it's happening at all-time high. So what are and the then, coaches saying to him? Because I, I have a very similar situation with two kids that I just placed with a, a guy that's going to Wisconsin where you, they're not bringing in two quarterbacks. So maybe they wanted this other guy more, and Norvell just told him, look, we don't have a spot for you anymore. Maybe you have the gray shirt now, but we're going to bring this other guy in. And it, it's if you want to explore other opportunities, you should. So what if that happened and the kid's not just running from competition? Why is it always the assumption that the player is somehow a bitch or can't fucking compete or doesn't want to? Or why why is every player a bitch-made cat? Well, here's number one. Like I, we don't know anything about this. You see every day on Twitter. How many of these do you see on Twitter every day? I see a ton of fucking shit on Twitter. That's what it's for. Well, I'm, no, I'm talking about decommitment. Well, like, there's no such word, Matt, by the way. That's and the nature of this business, though. Here, here's a prime example of one. This is why I call them bitch-made cats. And I'm not calling everyone a bitch-made cat, but I do say it a lot because I think a lot of people are bitch-made cats. But here's, here's the number one thing, Matt. Here's a perfect tweet yesterday. I am fully committed to Nebraska, but I am 100% open. What the fuck does that mean? That means that until he signs his paperwork, you can still oh, recruit him. Oh, you're defending that shit? You're fucking right. As a recruiting coordinator, I encourage it. Not only do I defend it, I encourage what? it. This is all about leverage, and I want oh, my guys to get their bags. So, Matt. Leverage? Every every coach wants leverage so they can get more money. If the kid has any leverage, it's a bad thing. It's fucking ridiculous. All right, let me ask you this. Let me Not ask only you. do I incur- do I support it, I fucking encourage it. Until right, this time, you. you better recruit the fuck out of these kids because if you if you disrespect them or you fucking turn your back on them or you lie to them or they don't trust you, they're gonna go somewhere else. All right, let me ask you this. Me and you, I 
I, I get the job at fucking Nebraska tomorrow. I hire you. You're my offensive line coach, recruiting coordinator. I'd rather and blow my fucking head off. And I have a kid that's committed to us. All right. I got to oh, let's, let's say I get the Colorado job since it's still open. We'll make it more realistic. I'll work right, for I hire you. I hire you. I keep Darian Hagan. I'm firing everybody else. And we're going to go from there. And so we're out there. And one of your left tackles that you train has committed to the University of Colorado. All yep. right. I'm letting you know as the head coach right now. If that kid takes a fucking visit to the fucking Nebraska, I'm dropping his scholarship offer. Well, then he should go to Nebraska. Then that's then I'm gonna fire you. <laughs> well, then I'll I'll walk out and I'll go with him. But it, it's if we really want him, then we should put we should put our money where our mouth is. Instead of just asking so him, we're gonna, well, suck, we're gonna suck his dick for fucking nine months so he can fuck us at the end. Still, right? No, I, I think that the majority of kids, if you show them loyalty and respect, they'll give it no, back. No, no, no! These kids are liars, homie. That's fucking bullshit. My guys aren't liars. Oh, I work with it, they aren't fucking liars. Get out of here with no, that. I totally disagree with you, dog. Oh, I just hey. But guess what? Show's on fire right now because we disagree. So all you bitch made cats in the th in the fucking chat, <laughs> eat a dick because we fucking love doing this. And that has been technologically fucking unsound for two days. So we you need to have a electric show, and that's what we're doing. Like why? Why do why do people think that we're like angry at each other? What is because I yell? Fucking shut up! Who cares? I have to yell because Matt's loud too. Yeah, I, people do this to me all the time too. They're like, well, you're so loud. Why are you angry? And I'm like. What is wrong with you? What you actually think that like I'm angry because I'm animated? People think that you're animated no. that you're gonna like rush them and tackle them. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna jump through the screen and like chokehold you or something. What the but, fuck like even that? in person, Matt, like we're in a barber shop. Everyone in there is yelling. Well, you gotta understand too that you know in locker rooms it's loud in barber shops yeah. it's loud and we're like, not in there fighting each other we're talking shit about lebron and kobe turns into being the loudest conversation ever well the the thing that people don't really realize is that we have respect for each other so if we disagree about something i'm not mad at you as a man you're my friend and colleague yes. Yes. we're just disagreeing about a topic that's out there that both of us are passionate about you being a coach me being in the recruiting world having a different perspective on this is exactly why everybody tunes in in the first place so look man if you actually think that we're mad at each other good you can think we hate each other all we want fuck you, fuck oh, yeah, you good by the way we're both starting only fans tomorrow so shut the fuck up yeah i'm gonna take pictures of my fucking big toe sticking <laughs> and, and then i'm gonna come your, your wife can pay me for the pictures and then We'll talk on direct message. Hey, uh, real quick, you've been on for a while. I appreciate you spending the time. Uh, yeah, I showed this real show. quick. This is a new thing. These are the highest paid coaches in America, all in one conference. Woo! All in one division, let's start, bro. Let's start from go the back, newest. Go back real quick. Everybody in there is in the same division other than Georgia. That's fucking crazy. Wow. Um, let me let me go down the line real quick. I got an individual thing to show you real quick. Okay, let's start with the newest contract. Uh, Lane Kiffin. He got nine million on the dot. Uh, I think he's the lowest paid. Um, he got nine million. Good for him. He stayed at Ole Miss. Got a contract negotiation. I think you said that right here on the show. Uh, that he would do that. Uh, he, he, I, I, from what I hear, he was headed to Auburn, but I guess they didn't give him full autonomy, and they would not let him tweet. 
So that's kind yeah, of crazy. Like you understand Freeze. why Auburn's shitty. So they like Hugh Freeze's Twitter account too. That's the first thing they did. That's unbelievable to me. Uh, what, why, that's like hiring Deion Sanders and then being like, yeah, come here, but give us your cell phone and don't be you. And, and don't recruit don't kids anymore. Um, yeah, stupid. All right, so that's Lane. Uh, I want to get to uh, Brian Kelly got nine and a half. He's done a pretty good job, obviously, for year one. He's done a good job. Um, nine and a half. And then, you know, you got uh, Kirby at 11.25. Um, unbelievable. Um, and then you have Nick the Godfather. at 11.7. That's not including what he gets off the record. Um, but here's the guy I want to talk about. Good old Jimbo Fisher. Um, Poor Jimbo. I, 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 I've heard a few people tell me that uh, have coached there that like they're, they've been thinking about trying to raise the money. Sean Salisbury lives down there. He says that they just don't, he don't see a way for them to get out. Um, but he's, we broke down some A&M film last night on Last Chance Q. It's bad. And, his offense is so decrepit. It's so it's like it's archaic almost. Yeah, it's archaic, dog. The, the left, the left tackle down there, Trey Zoon's one of my guys, and redshirt freshman. You know, started every game for him this year. Played played pretty well. Uh, but I, I've watched all their games, and I really study him and try and you know help him as much as I can throughout the season. But watching the offense, I'm just like, what? What is? It's like watching the Broncos' offense to a point, like. What is our philosophy? What do we hang our hat on? Like the 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 game plan that they had against LSU, just lining up and hammering the fucking football and like the short passing game, that seems like the route they should take. But I don't understand why Jimbo wants to be. It's like he thinks he has Jameis Winston all the time. Matt, we broke down the film last night against South Carolina. The first three plays from the game were boot naked. One on outside zone, one on an inside zone, one on a power. Power action uh, naked. Not every single one of them was to a plus one defender in the quarterback's face, and he's having to rush a flat throw. I'm like, what? I wonder why they're struggling. Huh? I wonder why they're struggling. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, holy shit, dog. I I don't understand. Um, Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, As we get out of here, man, last night's game, or uh, Jeff Saturday's game last, everyone, you know, was, uh, was bashing him for getting hired. I, I never said it was Jeff Saturday's fault. Me and Salisbury both said, you know, we think it was a slap in the face of the profession for coaches like uh, my, not myself and yourself, but for coaches that are actually on staffs who've been grinding, bleeding, sweating, crying uh, for a long time, who never get an opportunity. And then this guy gets called out of the booth. I'm not going to cry and be a bitch made cat myself and cry over spilled milk, man, the fuck up, accept it, move on. It is what it is. We can't just keep harping on the past. What I will say, though, is that uh, everyone said after he won against the Raiders, oh, now we're going to rethink the hiring process. And I said, calm the fuck down. Let's slow down here. Uh, He made two bad mistakes on keeping timeouts in his pocket. Me and you, yourself and myself included, know that you can't take timeouts home. You can't take them to halftime. What's your take on the Jeff Saturday timeout debacle late in that game? I still agree, Matt. Coaches lose games. Players win them. I still believe coaching is overrated at the end of the day. If Matt Ryan slides on his ass, he gets the first down instead of diving three yards short head first. But that's a whole nother debate. 
Jeff Saturday doesn't call a timeout. It's fourth down. They hand the rock off. Everyone in the building knew they were going to hand the ball off. He gets stalemated for a one-yard loss. Now you're fourth down having to throw the ball. No timeouts being called. Lack of experience, or what do you think? Um, it's either a lack of experience or nobody on the sideline is in his ear. Because there's no way that everybody on the sideline have the same thinking. So if Jeff's not calling the timeout, why isn't Reggie or somebody else on the sideline saying, hey, are we going to call a fucking timeout? What's going on here? So Why again, isn't Matt Ryan? Why isn't Matt Ryan doing it? I agree. So. And then, and then go over there on the sideline and, and ask for forgiveness later. Say, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm fucking hurt. I don't ask feel permission, good. not forgiveness. So, or ask uh, for forgiveness, not for permission. I agree. So, I, I look, yes, this is on Saturday. He's the head coach. It's going to fall on him. But there's a lot of other fucking heads out there that know football. And somebody should fucking just take a timeout and be like, oh, you didn't want me to take a timeout there? Well, I just assumed that we needed to, considering this is kind of a big play. No doubt. I, I just, uh, bad situation, man. Bad situation. Um, BCS-wise, real quick before you get out of here, BCS-wise, SC moved into the top four, which is a good look for the West Coast and, and college football landscape. Yeah, in my opinion. Uh, I do see them struggling this weekend. I think they're going to get the game one, though. Um, Shit, not me. I think TCU and SC are both going to lose Saturday. Wow. Well, that's going to throw a uh, big wrench in this thing. I want to ask you this question. I'm going to ask Chase uh, Sr. here in a minute. What if all four of them were to lose? What the fuck do you do? Uh, Georgia's in regardless. Michigan's in regardless. If TC, I think TCU loses by a point, they're in. Anything other than that, they get blown out, they're out. SC loses, they're out. Uh Ohio State sneaks back in, and then whoever the fuck else was the fourth on TCU, maybe. I don't know. I still see a scenario, though, Alabama gets in this thing, man. It's going to yeah. be hard to keep them out, dude. Well, they'll, they're out as of right now. So TCU and SC win. In a perfect world, I would love for it to be the top four to be Georgia, Michigan, SC, TCU. And then the first-round game in the Peach Bowl is TCU at Georgia, two undefeated teams, one versus four. And then, you know, the the Fiesta Bowl matchup is undefeated Michigan and one loss USC. That would be fucking ideal uh, just for the parity of college football and shit. But nothing nothing ever works out that way. So Kansas State's going to be a really hard game for TCU. And Utah, Utah routinely beats the shit out of SC, so... Yeah, it's hard to beat a team twice in this business. You know that. Uh, really tough. Let me ask you this, though, as you leave. Um, there's only one team in America that can beat Georgia, brother, and that's Alabama. I'm sorry. Michigan can beat Georgia. I don't think so. Michigan's pretty fucking good, bro. I do. I think they are, too. I, and Zach's came on the show and said they are, and I said, and we said it months ago. I mean, Alabama, I, I, I could easily see Michigan beating Ohio State like they did. And... Uh, I'll be honest with you, two lost Alabama that's lost two buzzer beaters, basically, to an Ohio State team that got drummed at home. I almost would say, you know what? I'd take the two-loss team over that team at this late stage in the at career. This, at this point, I want to see those two playing the Sugar Bowl. I want to see Alabama and Ohio State playing the Sugar Bowl and not make it, just because I think both of them will be super pissed off. It'll be yeah. a really good game, so. But again, we're going back to soft kids. I don't. I think half of them would fucking enter the draft and not play in it. So, well, entering the draft is earned. That's not soft. Why is that soft? 
Yeah, you know damn well you wouldn't quit on your team and, and go to the draft before you played a bowl game. If I, if I was in this generation of player and I was a draftable prospect as a junior in the first three rounds, I would absolutely not fucking play an exhibition bowl game. No, I'd play in the playoff, but I'm not playing in an exhibition game as a first or a second rounder. Absolutely not. I'm Sorry, so bro. I'm so ashamed of my brethren. I'm well, so I just I, I like I like money and availability and opportunity are more important than an exhibition game when I've already given fifty fucking starts to a university. You sound like this generation of kid has gotten I, too. I sound like a businessman that plays football. That's, That's what I not a bit. That was never an exhibition game when we grew up, bro. You it know, was, yeah, it the wasn't role, an the role role was never when considered. We, when an exhibition we grew game. up, it was totally fucking different, and it was you couldn't make any money. And you were totally controlled and you couldn't transfer and people had to eat shit. And that's what it is. And yeah, it was awesome at the time because we didn't know any different. Now that I look back at it, I would much prefer to be in the era where I have some control. That's all. Hey, love you, man. Love your takes. I'm glad you're back on. You sound great. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Amen, Uh, bro. Thursday night football tomorrow on Amazon fucking shithole prime. I get to watch. It's a good game. Who is it? Buffalo, New England tomorrow night. That's a pretty good one. Oh, okay. We'll see uh, Josh Allen choke again at the end of the game. Hey! Wait, wait. All right, Matt. Appreciate you. Peace, brother. Have a good day. Later. Um, Matt McChesney. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Rose Bowls and... uh, Sugar Bowls and Orange Bowls, they were in exhibition games. Uh, now that we've thrown money in there, you know, now we're not playing in them. Uh, great debate, great debate, great conversation. Um, but, uh, hey, disagreements are great conversations, man. Uh, you know, that just is what it is. I, I can't wait for Chase Sr. to get in. We're going to break down our top 10 wideouts in the NFL, who we think are the top 10 wide receivers. Appreciate everybody joining me this morning. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. The best $1.99 you can spend. Uh, We're going to break down the NFL, the college football landscape with Chase as well. Um, Plus, I'm going to ask him about uh, Jerry Jones sipping on some yak while he was doing a podcast and talking about OBJ uh, not affecting his thought process whatsoever that he got kicked off an airplane. We're going to talk to Chase about that. Um, Also... We're going to talk to him about tomorrow night's game. Plus, we're going to talk to him about the AFC and the NFC current standings, who he thinks is in, who he thinks is out. And we're going to ask about a few of those things. Um, can't wait to talk to Chase. Uh, I got to be honest. I'm going to my, – my top ten wide receivers, uh, I'm going to have to put Justin Jefferson at number one. That is number one. I'm going to put – I'm going to put him at number one for sure. Um and right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about to Chase. I'm going to use what is currently playing right now at a high level, not what we expected. Because, and I'm not going to use any injuries. So if you're injured and not playing, like Cooper Cup, uh, um, Jamar Chase, I'm not going to put you in there because I would have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson right there, tied up there with one. I would also have Mike Evans up there a lot sooner. He is back playing, so I have him in my list. But obviously, you know, I've said Mike Evans to me is the most well-rounded guy. 
I would now say that probably Justin Jefferson is that guy. Uh, I would probably have Tyreek Hill at number two currently right now. And I would probably have Stephon Diggs at number three. Uh, I'm going to go on from there, though, and and we're going to go um, – we're going to dive into uh, our top tens, respectively, and we'll get into that um, here shortly. And I'm going to ask him who's dead or alive, um, who he thinks is still dead and who thinks is still alive. Steve Kim brought great insight yesterday on the show uh, when he brought it in. Um we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to him about, about a lot of these guys. Um, can't wait to talk to Chase. He always brings great insight, uh, as you know. So, you know, that's always great. Um, so, you know, it's a great conversation to have. So I can't wait for that. Um, also, uh, if you guys haven't uh, been watching, uh, Last Chance Q is a uh, is great, great conversation between myself and Sean Salisbury every single day. So I'll leave you at this. I'm going to leave you for a piss break and get a coffee. Chase Sr. joins us in five minutes. I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. We have to get to the point. And so let's coach it up, Sean. I want to, sh- I want to coach you up real quick, and we're going to get to why buzzwords are important. So we're doing an angle tackle drill here, okay? So you understand there's four cones here. Yep. This running back right here, Sean, he has to try to score, but he can only make one cut. And get vertical. Here's the cone. That's the touchdown. This cone right here is the touchdown. This guy on defense, Sean, has to take the air out. That means get to this side of the line of scrimmage as fast as possible. Take the air out to avoid that one cut by the running back. So, for instance, we're buzzwording this. And I'm sitting there yelling. And here we go. We're going to blow the whistle. Get to that damn cone. That is horrible. You're not taking the air out. Your eyes are down. You're not running your feet, which is another buzzword. Run your feet. Run your feet. Take the air out. Now you're coaching. You're coaching fast. You're getting terms through to your kids that they hear. Now it is becoming a through osmosis. I'm learning. So I'm a seventh. I'm an eighth grader coach, and you're going to be my coach next year. You want the air out. So you're telling me as a defender, the air out basically is another way of saying close the distance between you and the back who's going to make the cut play in his backfield so he doesn't have that cut ability, correct? We want to play on their side of the football. We want to play on their side of the line of scrimmage. We want to get to their side of before they get to us. So we need to take the air out so he can't bury Sanders my ass, right? So this guy right here is waiting for this guy to make a move. You're lost. You lost, son. Barry Sanders is going to give you a boop, boop, boop and shake your ass. So take the air out. We want to get your ass over there. And now th- this is horrible. We're going to have a broken neck on defense. We're going to have a touchdown. This guy's this guy's going to fucking score. We, we don't want that, right? Um, there's a little that now, now, now. You just got to see what he hits. See what you hit, man. Eyes up, eyes up, eyes up. See what you hit. Buzzword, buzz terms. Now you took the air out, son. We're coaching this up. You took the air out, but your eyes are down. So either if you make contact, you're going to break your fucking neck, A, or... You miss him, and that's what happens. So you took the air out. You got a plus.
All right, all right, all right, I'm back. Uh, had a short commercial. All right, we're back cracking. Let's get it cracking. Chase is going to be joining me here. Um, lots of discuss, lots of discuss. Uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are not wideouts. I'm talking about pure wide receivers. I want to give you guys a publications top 10. All right. They got Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, and Chris Olave. That's who they have uh, in their top 10. Um, I don't agree with that list. I'm going to give you my own list uh, here shortly, but uh, I don't agree with that list. Uh, what do you guys think about that list uh, before Chase joins us? Um I don't know. Hopkins isn't on there, but also Hopkins uh, Hopkins doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a, a quarterback. So AJ Green, come on, dog. AJ Green is old news. It's all about what have you done for me lately. AJ Green hasn't done shit in how long? AJ Green is not. He isn't no goddamn top ten wide receiver. You gotta be kidding me. Tyreek Hill is number two, bro. He's on the list right there. I don't have him on there, but no, I'm not a Devontae Adams hater at all. I think he's a freaking nature. I got to watch him personally up close. I don't know why you think he's a I, I said he's a hater. Uh what I did say was that he's gonna have the worst season of his life because of Derek Carr. So if you'd listen, you would understand what I said. Um I said that he's going to have a bad season, which compared to Green Bay, it is a very bad season because of Derek Carr. So you obviously are someone that hears and not listens again. Um, Olave should not be on there, in my opinion. He's he's not that difference maker. Um, so I, I, I don't agree with him on there. Um, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And let me look at it again here. And then they got Amari Cooper on there. I have, I actually have Higgins higher. I have Higgins higher. By the way, I have Higgins higher. Why? Because without Jamar Chase, Higgins has actually stepped up and allowed the allowed the Bengals to be very, very good. Um, so just throwing that out there. Um. So just because you have touchdowns, what does that fucking mean? I, that's not a that's not doesn't mean you have the best season of your career because you lead the league in touchdowns, bro. Uh, without further ado, my main man Chase Senior. Chase, what up, man? It's been a while. I've been fucking running around all over the country. So have you? Yeah. Uh, how you been, man? Doing awesome, man. Yeah, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. It looked as though you were having a good time out there in Arizona. I went back up to the Philadelphia area, got to see some friends and family. It's always a good time, but I love to grind, so I'm excited to be back talking some football. No doubt, man, no doubt. Uh, I, I got to start off with a bang right here. This is a publication that came out, ten, uh, the top 10 wideouts. Uh, I have my own top 10 um, that I wanted to uh, kind of go into. I just... I don't really do a lot of these wideout breakdowns, but uh, I've seen enough in the NFL this year. Um, my 10 would be Justin Jefferson, Tyreek, and Stefan, just like they have. Uh, I would actually have Devontae at four, but I would have T. Higgins at five. 
Um, for what he's done for stepping in with Jamar being out and what the Bengals look like they're doing, I would actually have Waddle at 10. I think he benefits greatly from Tyreek Hill, um, which people don't really look at. And uh, I don't know if I would have Alave in the on the list at all. And um, I would have Mike Evans in there. Uh, I would have A.J. Brown hovering around the 6 or 7 mark. I would have Mike Evans in there around 7 as well because he's been hurt. I took out Cooper Cup. I took out Hopkins because they missed too much and they were hurt. So I took out Hopkins because, number one, he don't have a fucking quarterback to throw him the ball. Number two, uh, he missed all those games for PEDs and all that shit. So do you agree with this list? Uh, are we only talking about healthy wide receivers here? Because where's Jamar Chase? He should be on this yeah, list yeah, as well. only healthy. That's all. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. I think that Chris Olave is a little bit high here. Uh, Cooper Cup is injured, obviously. If he was healthy, then he would probably be top five from a route technician standpoint. That dude is so clean. A.J. Brown at five. If you look at some of the analytics and just the impact that he's had on that Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts, I think he's elevated Hurts' game. So I think he's kind of in that category as well. Jalen Waddell is somewhat underrated. Amari Cooper, just because... He plays for the Cleveland Browns, has really fallen under the radar. He's having one of the best years of his career. Nah, no doubt. Um, no, no, uh, no Debo, in your opinion, because he's a utility guy, more or less, is what I would think you would say. That's what I say. Yeah, I think he's more of a weapon as compared to a pure wide receiver. Honestly, if you look at what Brandon Ayuk has done this year, he's been the Niners' number one wide receiver. He is an excellent route runner. He can pick up yards after the catch. He's definitely the Niners' number one wide receiver. Is he a better player than Debo? This year he has been. Last year he wasn't because Debo was an all-pro. But I actually think you can make an argument that Brandon Ayuk is on that list. He's on pace to surpass 1,000 receiving yards, and I'd rather have him right now than Chris Olave. Just had Matt McChesney on. Um, he's missed the last few days because of technical difficulties on his fucking phone. Uh, <laughs> it's been comical, man, by the way. His, he's so mad about it. Um, let me ask you, uh, Russell Wilson gets cussed out on the field by his uh, his own teammate. The head coach, Pickett, uh, Hackett, sits there and watches like nothing happened. Um can they get rid of Russell? Do they fire Hackett? Uh, is this just a is this the worst deal in football? I still think Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns have made the worst deal, uh, and I'm not going to argue that. I believe Arizona Cardinals may be the second worst. I don't know if Denver's the worst because of the fact that it's a first year deal. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, this Russell Wilson trade has proven to be just an unmitigated, absolute disaster. Have we honestly ever seen a player who is respected and revered and liked by so many people then become hated by so many people on top of the play just falling off a cliff? It has been a precipitous drop for Russell Wilson. It's crazy how quickly he has gone downhill. But JB, I don't know how you get rid of him. Dead cap charge in 2023 of $107 million. 2024, $85 million. The year after that, 49 and a half. And in 2026, 31.2. It's unfortunate because Bronco fans are great. That organization has had so much success. I know Matt had played for the Broncos back in the day. But Broncos country has to buckle up because I just don't see any way that they're going to be able to offload that Russell Wilson contract and the player 
And this guy looks completely lost at the quarterback position. And as for the Cardinals, you didn't like the deal at the time. I didn't as well. I had said last year, Kyler Murray does one of one shit. Sometimes he pulls off these plays that are miraculous. But is the consistency there? Are the leadership qualities there? Does he have intangibles? The answer to those latter three questions, no. And you like to call guys like that a shitbird? I can't really find a better word out there than shitbird because that's exactly what Kyler Murray has been. Guys don't seem to respect him on that sideline, just like they're not respecting Russell Wilson right now. And when it comes down to the nuances of the quarterback position, Kyler Murray is really struggling. He can't identify where the blitz is coming from. And I posed this question for my audience on Philadelphia Eagles now a couple of times. We've had this conversation inside the chat sports offices here. No question I'd rather have Jalen Hurts from an intangibles leadership standpoint and player than Kyler Murray. And nobody was saying that going into 2022. I, I fully agree with you. Um Lane Kiffin signed a new contract, $9 million. Uh, he's the lowest paid, by the way, though. Um, unbelievable. All these guys make at least $9 million. Uh, Jimbo being the one that's the most odd right now. Um, Jimbo's a stiff. Can they get rid of him? No, because just like that Russell Wilson contract, there's so much guaranteed money on that Jimbo Fisher deal. But I think that... After 2023, if Texas A&M shits the bed again, I don't think they have any other choice. And look, there are a lot of very rich alumni, boosters with Texas A&M, and a lot of people like to call that fan base and that university a cult. They do some cultish is type of things, but they do really care about their football team. And if they continue to really struggle with Jimbo Fisher, who did fire his O.C., even though Jimbo Fisher is the play caller, making oh, him the scapegoat and not taking on the responsibility for himself, then I do think that Jimbo Fisher is just going to let get let go by Texas A&M. What's crazy, and we talked about this, he is all these five-star, four-star athletes, but it hasn't translated to success. If guys are smoking weed in the locker room before a game, that's just wild. It means that you have lost the pulse of your locker room. And I'm not even sure how that's even possible for players to think that that's okay. That's a country club environment. And sometimes that's what happens when you stockpile all this talent and you don't get the culture aspect down is guys think that they can do whatever they want. They're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars. That's a problem with some of the name image and likeness right now is that these college dudes and let's be real you, me, I was dumb when I was 18. I made a bunch of dumbass mistakes. I felt as though I was walking on top of clouds and nobody could stop me and I wouldn't wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. But when you're playing for Texas A&M and you're making six figures, imagine you can't do any wrong. But if you have a coach in there like a Saban, like a Dabo Sweeney, like Brian Kelly, who has basically overturned and flip-flopped what was a disastrous LSU program under Ed Orgeron, who cared more about chasing tail off the field and these young baddies as compared to coaching the game of football. Um, if you have a guy and a coach like that who can have that culture locked down, then those types of things don't happen. So it tells me that Jimbo Fisher has lost everything in that locker room. Can he get it back this upcoming season? Maybe, but he's getting paid nine and a half million dollars. That's why I think the pressure's on him. I hear people are leaving that place like wildfire. Uh, Salisbury broke down some things yesterday on, on our show, Last Chance Q. He's just like, dude, there's no way that, that he they can get rid of him. 
Either. He's running an outdated offense too. Like we you got to come like, up with the modern technology, modern terms, man. I'm like, God damn, he's running boot naked three times in a row. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Uh, Bill's New England tomorrow. Von Miller's eyeing a return versus the Jets, which is week 14. Uh, they've kind of kept his injury on the wrap. Um, is he going to be the difference like he was for the Rams last year if the Bills can win this thing? Uh, look, he has been up to this point. Von Miller's played spectacular football before the injury. It looked as though that was going to be one of the better free agent acquisitions, and it was. But now with this knee injury, he's dealt with these knee injuries before. He suffered a similar injury early in his career. But is he going to be the same guy? Probably not, right? Because he's going to be somewhat limited with the knee brace there. He thinks that he can play with it. And he's played with these types of injuries before. And I trust a guy like that who's been in the league for a really long time and he's a future Hall of Famer. But if he's not 100%, that Bills defense is going to take a really big hit. Now, they did get back Tredavious White, and that's a really big addition to their secondary. But an edge rusher is an edge rusher. And that's why I really like teams like the San Francisco 49ers who can continue to just cause havoc, get after the opposing quarterback, and put them under siege. That, in my opinion, is how defensively you win in the postseason because last couple of Super Bowls, what have we seen? Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, they've gotten flustered because the opposing defensive line was able to really just dominate that game and keep it at a stranglehold. So that's a big hit for the Bills. Even if he is somewhat healthy, he's not really that healthy. Yeah, I I, I don't know, again, going back to our conversation, uh, me and Matt McChesney just had a great one earlier about this whole, what you were just saying, giving these kids money has just, to me, spiraled this thing out of control. But uh Having said that, um, going back to this thing, I don't know if the Niners on our debate have enough weapons on offense to beat uh, a team like the Bills who are going to figure out scores. They're going to manufacture scores. Now, the Niners could hold them down, obviously, more than anyone else, but I think Buffalo would still score 21 on the Niners, and I don't know if the Niners can score 21. Yeah, no, it, it would be a struggle, and the only weakness – I think that the Niners have is that quarterback. If they had a Patrick Mahomes, if they had a Josh Allen, I think we'd be talking about one of the best teams in recent memory because if you just look at how they're built right now, all of the weapons are there. Now, losing Elijah Mitchell is really going to hurt. He was their RB2 behind Christian McCaffrey. They're going to run this kid, Jordan Mason, UDFA out of Georgia Tech, who honestly does run a little bit like Marshawn Lynch. McCaffrey will be the one. He'll be the two. But even outside of that, George Kittle popped off two Monday nights ago against the Arizona Cardinals. He still has gas left in the tank. People thought that he was washed, but you have him, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, this Jawan Jennings guy on third downs is spectacular. And then defensively, their defensive line is great. They're getting back Eric Armstead. Nick Bosa somehow is still criminally underrated, even though I think he's the best pure edge rusher in the sport. They have the best linebacking core in the NFL with Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Alshire, and Fred Warner. Their cornerbacks are good. Charvarius Mooney Ward. Back end is good with Talanoa Hufonga and Jimmy Ward, who's actually been playing more nickel. But that's my big question, JB, about San Francisco. They have the coach, they have the defense, they have the weapons. Love D'Amico Ryans as their defensive coordinator. If they have to get in a shootout, can Jimmy Garoppolo, who in the postseason has a very sketchy track record and they've won games despite him, 
Can he throw for 300 yards? I don't think so. Can he throw for four touchdowns to keep up with the Chiefs or keep up with the Buffalo Bills? I don't think so. And we saw the Chiefs just put the smackdown on the Niners back about a month ago. See, I got a little different, interesting take. I don't know. Do I don't know if you do have the coach. I mean, this guy has a track record of choking off games in big ones, and yeah. he choked the Atlanta Falcons game off with Matt Ryan. He's choked off a few games with the Niners. And can we argue that coaching is uh, overrated? Coaches lose games, players win them. I don't know if in that Super Bowl either. Uh, he made a few weird, you know, a few questionable calls late in that game where the Niners could have easily won that football game. He kind of did what he did in Atlanta. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting take. Um, they do. All, they're always in there. Uh, you know, Mr. Lynch over there has put them in a great situation every year. So let me ask you this: I got a fascinating uh, the theory, but I have a uh, I want to get your take on this quarterback stuff. Um, Mike White came in, threw for three thirty-five, twenty-two of twenty-eight, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, the team seemed to have been rallied behind him. Um, you had Cooper Rush with early success this year. He's not Dak's skill set, but he still won the same amount of games to this point. Um, you have guys like Geno Smith. You guys, you got guys uh, all around the NFL that are coming out here. Even Colt McCoy looked better than Kyler Murray, who's making quadruple the amount of money. Um, is it safe to say that quarterback play is just not very good, like I've been saying, and that we can actually win games with lesser talented kids who are less paid and build a roster around them and be better. I think you can. I think Mac Jones has proven it. I think Mike White can prove it. I think uh, Cooper Rush can go somewhere like Geno Smith's doing this year. Uh, I think there's talent out there that's not as good as the big name, but you can actually win with because I'm seeing the rosters rally behind the backup more than I am with the starter. Yeah, I mean, look, what's crazy is that if you look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and right now, Aaron Rodgers has played poorly. So right now, I'd say those are the three elite quarterbacks. And then after that, there's a sizable drop-off. Is the next best quarterback after that Jalen Hurts, who is more of a runner and a thrower as compared to a prototypical drop-back passer? In fact, He's not a prototypical dropback. Or is it Herbert so, or Geno Smith? Herbert, Geno Smith. Uh, Geno Smith is completing 72% of his passes. I'd also, in this argument, like to take away yards after the catch from quarterback numbers to see what those numbers would be because right now they're inflated, and we've seen a shift here in the NFL the last couple of years. And it's hard to deny why this would be the philosophy if you have weapons like Tyreek Hill. You have a weapon like Debo Samuel, and you can just throw that quick bubble screen. You can throw that forward pop pass to a guy like Nicole Hardman, which is what Mahomes likes to do. Use their athleticism, their ability to break tackles and make guys miss in the open field because concepts are more spread out because they're such legitimate weapons, right? And those numbers of yards after the catch make these quarterback numbers look a lot better than they actually are. I know you're not a big Patrick Mahomes guy, but look, he's one of one, and he does things that just make you say, wow, every single week. And some of the plays that he makes are out of structure after the play breaks down. But let's be real. I think from a prototypical quarterback standpoint, he is doing things that are very legitimate, unique, and very special. But outside of the grouping of quarterbacks that we talked about, by no means is Geno Smith special. 
I like Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's so limited as a quarterback. But from an old school quarterback, you know, outlook, he does throw the ball into the teeth of the defense, unlike a lot of quarterbacks who like to stay outside of the hashes and outside of the numbers. So, yeah, the quality of football this year hasn't been as good. I will say the last couple of weeks, it's gotten better. And I think it's gotten better because the first month of the season is basically the new preseason, which is unfortunate because it does water down the product of the regular season. But these quarterbacks are not, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady back in their prime. It's much different nowadays, more so now. Quarterbacks are having success because of weapons and the scheme not because they're going through their progressions and breaking things down like you probably had to do back in the day. Yeah, and, and you know, and there's a couple guys in Florida that would argue that they're playing as well as anyone right now, Tua and Trevor Lawrence. Peterson's done a hell of a job with Trevor Lawrence. He looks yes. like, when, like my guy Steve Kim said, when he throws on time, he looks right, right? He's throwing the ball on time. He looks good. Um, he looks Let me say good. this too. KM Guns is in the chat. He said Burrow arguably playing at a higher level than Allen right now. Shame on me for not including Burrow. I was just trying to take some names off the top of my head. I'd put Joe Burrow in that category of like, if there's a next Tom Brady out there from a pure quarterback throwing standpoint, who's really good in the clutch and can diagnose defenses, Joe Burrow has to be up there right now because he's playing at an unreal level and he's been doing it without Jamar Chase. No doubt. And that's why I, last year, that's why I said he's my, I would, if I started a program or a franchise right now, he's my number one pick. Um, that's and just it's not a bad take. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what it is. Uh, let me ask you this real quick. The Rams set Stafford. Nobody really knows what's going on. It looks like a Tua situation possibly. Do you play him at all anymore? Or am I, do I sound like a soft ass? Cause I hate saying it. Cause I'm always advocating play. If you're able to play, this is what we do. This is why we signed up. And that's a sit. Um, but I don't know. If Stafford's going to be your guy next year, which I assume he will be, uh, I don't know if I play him on a 3-8 and eight team with this roster right now. The Rams have to figure out a lot of pieces to a puzzle that they've kind of imploded on him after winning the Super Bowl, which they could probably give a shit less. They got the bowl done. They got the Super Bowl. Um, even though nobody showed up to L.A. for the parade, which is absolute dog shit, but we're in L.A. Nobody gives a shit. Um, yeah. Do you sit him the rest of the year, and do you do the same with Aaron Rodgers? What's funny is that the Rams do play this week. And last night I'm watching the Dallas Mavericks beat the Golden State Warriors. Who was behind the Warriors bench? Matthew Stafford was behind the bench. So it tells me he's waving the white flag. He's not going to play. Look, if it's an elbow issue and you don't want it to be that UCL injury, which is AKA Tommy John, then I could see why they want to sit him. They have to figure out that elbow injury. Also, for a defending Super Bowl champion, has a team the next year, I understand that sometimes drop-offs happen, but this roster is bad. This team is bad. They don't have a pass game. They're the worst rushing offense in the NFL. Their offensive line is terrible. Jalen Ramsey looks disengaged, and now they might shut down Aaron Donald as well. They are atrocious. And if you want to risk further injury playing Matthew Stafford, then I could see why they might just sit him out the rest of the year. What's crazy is that this team is so bad too, JB, and they mortgage a lot of that draft capital. So moving forward, it doesn't look as though they're in a really good spot from just an overall roster standpoint. What, and Aaron Rodgers, I might sit him too. If they lose this week, 
which I doubt they do because it's against the Bears and he's the Chicago Bears daddy. Um, you know, if they lose this week, then yes, yeah, sit Aaron Rodgers. I honestly like what I saw from Jordan Love against the Eagles. Uh, he got the ball out quickly and accurately. Look but like they have to, yeah, no, he's got that like, and he probably watches Rodgers obviously all the time in practice, but he has that very like casual drop back and like sling it uh, <laughs> sometimes off that back foot. The arm talent's always been there, but look, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played that well this year. Is it because of injuries? Probably scheme a little bit combination of things. Obviously he misses Devontae Adams, but if on the Packers, I have to figure out what Jordan love is. And now we have six games left. If Rodgers looks terrible, if they lose this upcoming week, I'm, if I'm at LaFleur, I'm going up to Aaron and being like, yo, back-to-back -back MVPs the last two years. I really appreciate it. We have to see what we have in Jordan Love. I'm sorry. We're playing him. You're going to sit, get well, take some ashwagandha, and we'll see you next year. We'll trade you away. Or, or we come to an agreement and say, listen, we've kind of fucked you with wideouts. Uh, I don't want to get into this offseason whole fucking debate again about you're leaving, you're not, da 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 Let's see if we can trade you for value or equal or less value. Get me, let me get some equity back on my return. Or since we have equity, let me get some investment on my return and see if I can get you to Vegas or the Niners or something. And yeah. I, I think it would be fair to do that now rather than later. Um, and if Jordan Love, like I've been saying, Chase, he is benefiting from being a backup, watching a great one spin it every single day, just like Aaron Rodgers was to Brett Favre, just like Mahomes was to Alex Smith, just like Young was to Montana. And I can go down the list. Bledsoe and Brady. I can do this for a lot of guys. Hostetler and Sims. Like, there's a lot of guys that have done this. And I'm so animate about don't be surprised if Jordan Love has a solid career because he got to see this man play every single day and take a lot of first-team reps when Aaron Rodgers is injured or not practicing compared to a Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, guys that we throw right into the fire on shitty teams. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for Rodgers, I would just go up to him and say, do you want to be here? Yes, we have... Fucked you over by not drafting any wide receivers, bringing in any wide receivers in free agency. We understand that. We'll take the blame on that. But do you want to be here? And if not, if we send you somewhere else, maybe for Aaron Rodgers, it looks as though he's not even enjoying the game of football right now. But if he goes to a different destination, Raiders, Niners, I'd put that atop the list. New York Giants maybe as well if he wants to link up with Brian Dable. Does a change of scenery rejuvenate you to a certain degree so that you can get back to that level of focus and play that you had the last couple of years? And if that's the case, we'll trade you away. You'll go into Canton, rock that brown jacket as a Green Bay Packer. But for the Packers, would they be happy to get $50 million off their cap? Probably if they traded away Aaron Rodgers. They just have to have that difficult conversation, like the conversations that sometimes people have to have with their girlfriends when it's not working out and they clearly know it. Look, it might hurt them. You might miss them. You don't want to hurt them or their family, but if it comes down to breaking it off because it's better for you and better for her, sometimes you just have to have that difficult conversation. No, I agree. Uh, I want to ask you this. Uh... Jerry Jones, 80 years old, was getting liquored up on a podcast, drinking Jack Daniels, I guess, talking about OBJ, and he didn't give a fuck about him getting kicked off an airplane. He still wants him. Um, 
We're in a we're in a results oriented business, man. This NFL signs guys like Deshaun Watson without even really knowing the facts. Uh, we sign guys who have hit women before, uh, Kareem Hunts and and Tyreek Hills and all these guys. America forgives, man, and and these cats end up being a commodity when they can play. Um, where's OBJ go? I think he's going to the Dallas Cowboys, and he fits what the Cowboys like. He's a big name. He's marketable. Media loves talking about him, which then, in turn, causes a lot of people nationally to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry Jones sometimes just can't help himself. What a life he lives, by the way, this old. And he's still making it happen, taking down some Jack, eating McDonald's cheeseburgers and stuff like that. But for OBJ, I still think he has gas left in the tank. For OBJ, I don't really make this a big deal. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he was like flying American out of Miami. You have all that money, and I know he lost a lot of money because that contract last year, I believe, was crypto. He's claiming that Nike owes him millions of dollars, but come on, let's be real. The dude still has some serious bread in that bank account, and he's flying American. I thought that was pretty interesting. But when you're on an airplane and you're tired after Thanksgiving, and sometimes you pass out, you get hit by like sometimes the flight attendants as they're pulling that cart down the airplane aisle, giving people drinks. Sometimes you wake up, sometimes you don't. And then sometimes you're next to like a larger set person and they might be leaning on you. And sometimes you get fired up. Like you give them a little bit of an elbow if they wake you up out of your sleep. You're not just not in a good mood. I know for me, my Thanksgiving travel was an absolute disaster. TSA closed on me at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Had to get a new flight. That was delayed three hours, and my flight home was delayed three hours. I didn't want to talk to anybody. So if I'm asleep and a flight attendant is poking me, hey, put your seatbelt on, I'm probably going to be like, yo. And OBJ was probably fed up with that as well. For them to kick him off the plane, probably a little bit too much. That's me saying that without knowing that information. But the Cowboys don't care. They haven't done anything significant in the postseason in more than a quarter century. Jerry Jones needs another ring before he gets too old. He wants to see one more championship. And if they believe OBJ is going to help him get him there, then I think they're going to go all in and probably overpay for him because that's what the Cowboys do. And I can't wait to see them crumble in January as they always do. Uh, NFL power rankings came out. Eagles number one, Chiefs two, 49ers three. I think the Niners are way too high at seven and four. I would put the Cowboys ahead of them. I would also probably put the Dolphins ahead of them. And I would still probably put the Vikings ahead of them only because of record. I don't know if they're fraudulent because the Cowboys smacked them or not. Uh, then they turn around and Played another. They played a good game on a rebound, though. Um, they're still sitting there at seven and two. Um, where do you have your power ratings? Where do you have? Do you have the Eagles at one, and do you have the Niners at high? I, I like the Niners as a top five team, no question. It's a huge test coming up this weekend: Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers. Who's going to rise up? Is the cream going to rise for either team? Are they going to prove to everybody that they're legit? The winner of that game is definitely going to make a statement. And for this Niners defense, they rank number one in every major major statistical category on the defensive side of the football. How do they play, though, after getting drubbed by the Kansas City Chiefs about a month ago against a similar offense that can do similar things against them in the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Tua Tagovailoa. he's undefeated. 8-0 this year in games that he has started and finished. Mike McDaniel, former Kyle Shanahan protege, he comes back to the Bay Area. The storylines for that game going to be plentiful, and I'm fascinated to see 
which team proves that they're legit because this is like a potential Super Bowl caliber matchup. So I think the Dolphins, Niners, top five, they have to be. I think the Minnesota Vikings are phonies. The two times that they've gone up against physical defenses, Philadelphia and the Dallas Cowboys, they've gotten dominated, and I cannot trust Kirk Cousins in a big spot. Philadelphia, obviously a really fascinating team. Can Jalen Hurts running it and throwing it win you three consecutive games potentially to get you to a Super Bowl? Until I see it, I'm not sure. Uh, they're really going to miss C.J. Gardner-Johnson. The rush defense has to get locked down. They get Jordan Davis back at practice this week. So I, I think that's about right. Um, the Bills really worry me. They have not looked good for the last month, J.B. They just haven't. Um, so, you know, I, I think the top of the league is really wide open. Honestly, Dallas Cowboys might be a top five team, in my opinion, just because the defense is playing well. Dak Prescott, to his credit, I've wrote him in the past, uh, he's playing good football, and that offense is definitely moving. Um, real quick, before you get out of here, I got a couple things I want to go through with you real quick because I'm, I'm very uh, – you're a super analytical – genius i'm not a math major i'm a hustler hey i failed elementary algebra at temple university so i'm bad at math too i just try to see things in a in, in an open perspective no doubt uh you do a hell of a job let me ask you something you got mathematically we got guys that aren't eliminated but i'm gonna cut the four and sevens all the way off okay the Broncos are three and eight the texas are one and nine cutting all these guys off we're talking afc football Chargers are six and five. I had Trey Roundtree over my house last night just to chop it up. He came over and we were talking all night, smoking some cigars. Got some great insight on the Chargers organization. But they're six and five. Patriots are six and five. The AFC East, if we started there, you have the Dolphins and the Bills at eight and three, and you got the Patriots at six and five, and the Jets are hovering at seven and four. All four of those teams cannot get in because of the fact that the Titans have to get in they're going to win that division they're seven and four as well and i believe the ravens and Bengals both seven and four the Bengals are going to come out of that division and that could be a division that only one team gets in because of the scenario is there a scenario or a scenario here that the chargers get in and the chiefs and three afc east yeah, uh, it can happen because of the expanded NFL playoff format. That's what the expanded playoff team. format has allowed. Yeah, so um, I, I actually think that's pretty realistic, honestly, when you look at the landscape of the AFC. We'll see how the Jets played down the stretch here. Mike White was really, really good this past weekend, but as a backup quarterback, sometimes you play well, for a week or two, and then you play awful the following week. And that's why you're a backup quarterback because you're inconsistent. But all he really has to do is play the role of distributor, Mike White. Their defense is really good. The offense, eh, it's not great. But if he plays like he did last week, they're in a good spot. Not going to count out Bill Belichick because I actually think the Patriots are playing well right now. I was impressed with what I saw having to keep up with the Vikings in a shootout. They were able to do that. And I thought that Hunter Henry got effed over uh, on that overturned touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. I'm not sure how they reversed that when the original call on the field was a touchdown. And Miami Dolphins are going to make it as well. So uh, then you have the Buffalo Bills too. That's another team in the AFC East that might make it. So it is realistic that all those teams make it. And maybe the Chargers in that equation are on the outside looking in. Although with Justin Herbert, if he starts tearing it up here in the final month, he could put the Chargers on his back.
Yeah, and they're just so injury prone. Yeah, that's it's AFC, bad. which the AFC is like, okay, that's crazy. But you go to the fucking NFC, it's even crazier. Um the Bucks are gonna get in and they're five and six right now, unless they do something and just implode worse than they already have, and the Falcons sneak in. But the Falcons and the Lions mathematically aren't out of it. Either are the Packers. Um, at four and eight, I believe the Packers are done. I'm gonna call them done. I'm gonna call the Lions done. Yeah, I'm gonna call the Falcons done for the sake of this drill. Uh, the Bucks are in. Seahawks are six and five. The Commanders right now are a playoff team at seven and five. And you got the Giants and the Niners both at seven and four. And you got the Cowboys at eight and three and the Vikings. So all four teams in the NFC East. Uh, I mean, it can get in, but I mean, is that realistic? Because it could be there's only one team in the South going to get in, and I don't know where the Seahawks line up. Yeah, look, if the season were to end today, Eagles one seed, Vikings two, Niners three, Bucks four, by product of the division being terrible. We need so to realize that- this thing too, by the way. Yeah, I-, I wouldn't hate that. Now, they expanded the playoff format, which helps, but... The Buccaneers losing an OT to the Cleveland Browns. That's unacceptable. Todd <laughs> Bowles not allowing Tom Brady to win you the game late. That's a different conversation. Anyway, Bucks four, Cowboys five, Giants six, Washington seven. So if the season were to end today, those teams in the NFC East, every team in that division would make the playoffs. Now, the Niners play the Seahawks on Thursday night in a couple of weeks. That's going to determine the NFC West. But now the Seahawks have lost two games in a row. I think they're losing some steam right now. Great story. Are they a playoff team? I'm not sure. Falcons cooked. Lions cooked. Packers cooked. So really... Every team in the NFC East is sitting pretty right now in trying to make it to the playoffs. And how about what Taylor Heineke's doing? They've won, what, six of seven, five of six with him as a starting quarterback. Have we ever seen a quarterback like Carson Wentz lose three starting jobs and lose three locker rooms in a row like him? That's bad. But I will give him credit uh, where I wish a lot of guys and young quarterbacks would look at. He's been an absolute fucking gem on the sideline. Yeah. Unlike Zach Wilson... Kyler Murray, bad body shit language. Birds. Shit birds, man. Bad body language tells more than words every single time in this profession. And uh, I love what Heineke's doing. I said it on the show. I think he was going to bring energy and get some games won that they probably wouldn't win. Uh, the Giants are kind of in a position of they're reeling a little bit. You can't get the ball to the outside guys. They don't have any outside guys. The O-line's horrific. So if you load the box and stop Saquon, you're depending on a guy. I wouldn't be mad if Dayball went to more of a read option type of look to fuck with teams down the stretch because Daniel Jones is a flat-out athlete that no one really talks about. That motherfucker can run now. Yeah, he can. Yeah. And you can run some things to change some things up, more like a little bit of what Baltimore is doing. Uh, Lamar Jackson, before you get out of here, has kind of hit the fence like I've always said he would. Uh, I hate to hate on him, and, and, and everyone thinks I hate on him, I'm just telling the truth. Um, he is not looking good. They should never lose to the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, people always talk about, well, JB, it's their defense. Well, let me tell you guys a little football uh, story. If you keep the defense off the field with your offense, guess what? The, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, don't have a chance to win the game. And people don't realize this, but that's okay. They're all a bunch of fucking dick riders that don't know nothing. So, Having said that, 
What do you think about Lamar right now? And has he ruined his chance to get the bag? And should he fire his mama and get a fucking agent now? Uh, yeah, not getting an agent is a little bit weird. I mean, I've had, I've had opportunities in my business to get agents too. I kind of just want to do it myself. I also don't want to give a 10% fee to my agent off my overall salary. So maybe Lamar Jackson thinks the same way. I think he's still going to get paid because he's still put up insane numbers. But a big reason why I'm not totally buying the Eagles as Super Bowl contenders is because their offense is a lot like with Jalen Hurts, what Greg Roman runs with Lamar Jackson. And I have yet to see that type of offense be a sustainable winner in the playoffs. And there were some moments in that Jags game in which Lamar, and he's really struggled with this throughout his career, has the obvious check down with the running back in the flat. Defenses are so worried about Lamar as a runner, Mark Andrews down the seam, that they keep everything kind of in between the numbers and in the hashes. The check down is there for the running back. Take that layup and just let that running back run up field after you deliver him an easy ball. Instead, Lamar is always holding on to the ball, looking to make that big play. We saw this all the time with Michael Vick, and Michael Vick was just otherworldly in terms of his arm talent, him being an athlete, but him always wanting to go for the kill shot, him always wanting to be aggressive, led to him turning the football over and just wasn't a consistent passer. And we see a little bit of that with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Honestly, I'm seeing it a little bit right now with Josh Allen. Way too much hero ball. Take the check down. Throw it to the running back in the flat. That's what Brady, Peyton Manning, that's what they did and do, uh, which allows them to pick up the easy yards, move the chains, live to play another down. And, I, you know, Lamar Jackson, I just have to see it happen before I totally buy in. And the numbers are great. He's made strides as a passer. I love his approach to the game of football. Guys love him because he cares. And you see that he cares. And I love that about him. But can he win three straight games, four straight games in the playoffs? I have to see it before I say it's definitively going to happen. We broke down Tom Brady last night. There was a screenplay called. It was totally fucking wiped out. He just threw the ball right at the foot of the lineman that fast. Sometimes that's what you have to do. I've seen Lamar do the fake and spin, and he'll fucking run around, get sacked, get tackled, throw a pick. Like, dog, this is why he's won seven rings, and you haven't. And that's why yeah. I don't understand where people – Now, Coach, Lamar, uh, Tom Brady can't spin out and do that. No shit. But he wins Super Bowls, which you cannot do. So that's what I don't understand. I don't care. You don't need to do that. Yeah. He sits in the pocket, gets rid of the ball, checks down. He doesn't get greedy, and – I just don't know if these guys understand conceptually coverage to where we can throw the football in anticipatory windows in the teeth of the coverage yeah. on a consistent basis. And This I isn't have Madden. It's not it's Madden. Not. Like, it looks cool to see Lamar twirling around, yes. running around in the pocket. But if he throws a pick and that results in a touchdown, whereas yes. Tom Brady throws it into the ground and they might punt it away, that's a seven-point difference right there. That or can determine a playoff game or a field goal. Yeah. yeah, I I agree, man. I don't know. Um I'm 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 willing to see this. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. The Eagles give me the vibe of the eleven and 0 Steelers from a few years back. Uh, I don't know why, but I get that vibe. Uh I think they can be schemed in deep in the playoffs by a few deep teams that can play defense like the Niners, uh -huh. Cowboys. Uh even Washington, man, I would not be shocked because those teams are gonna have to play in the first round. One yeah. of them. 
Yeah, one unless of, the Eagles get the number one seed in the first round by. Yeah. Yeah. So, which they look like they can do, but uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least, man. Uh, always love your insight. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be Venmoing you, man, because all these people keep paying you. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's right. Can't wait for that. Uh, you, go, you are live today? Uh, live tomorrow on Eagles. I was live yesterday on Niners. Then for both the Eagles and the Niners games on Sunday, I'll be live uh, early game for the Eagles against the Titans afternoon game, uh, like we talked about against the Dolphins. So making Ooh, uh, it happen. Tomorrow night. What's that? Who do you like tomorrow night? Um, Thursday night game. Um, I always forget what the Thursday night game is. You ask me every week, and I'm always like, shit, what's that game again? Um, let's uh, see. I believe it's fucking uh, Bill's Patriots. You know what? Let me go New England. I, I'm thinking Let me the, go New England. I'm thinking the same. They have to, right? Yeah, I just don't like the way that the Bills have been trending. And, and they have to, like, they have to win this, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to really be scrapping here, and... I don't know. Let me let me real fast before you get out of here. I didn't gotta go. Uh I, I gotta I gotta look at this uh this weekend slates while I have you. Uh that game's critical tomorrow. Um Bill's four point favorites. Yeah, that game is a critical one, but there's so many critical ones this weekend. Um Jets Vikings to me are huge. Is a huge one. Yep. And so is the Washington Giant game. Huge. Uh, one seven and four, one seven and five, and the Titans Eagles for the Titans' sake, but the Eagles are are, are getting pressed as well. So yeah, um, JB, you, you, real quick, you talked about the defenses that could have a formula to stop the Eagles. Look out for Tennessee. If the Eagles can drub Tennessee, I'm taking them legit. Okay, because they put up 40 points against the Packers. They went up. They fell behind. They had to come back, and then they extended that lead. Mike Vrabel. Against this Eagles offense. Let's see how legit the Eagles are or if they're fakes. And then you got Chiefs, Bengals, Dolphins, Niners. Like, these are all critical-ass games. Um, Chargers, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. Raiders won two in a row. I mean, they've, they've, they've kind of bought into that. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting down the line. And then Deshaun Watson returns back home. Um where, you know, basically, you know, he sodomized 37 people. And so I, I'm curious to see that one because all the females apparently are going to be at the game, which is kind of weird and cringy, right? Yes, yes, they they will be at the game. And, like, human nature kind of tells you, if you're Deshaun Watson, like, you can't just erase that from your memory or your thought process, right? Like, if you're playing that game knowing that they're there, that's a little bit awkward for you. I, I mean, i got to ask you, though. <laughs> Why the fuck did the NFL's PR think this was a great look? Because a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be talking about it. It's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Hey, man, I can't thank you enough. I can't wait till next time. Uh, I'll be watching you guys tomorrow get down on their lives. And uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, uh, Go Rams. Yeah, Rams suck, though. I'm sorry to tell you. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Go chug a beer. Salute. Peace, everybody. Later. All right. Uh, Appreciate him as always. Uh, Man, great talk. Great shit this morning. Great talk for these guys. Matt and Chase joining me. I appreciate them as always. Uh, Great insight, man, that he brings to the table. I hope you guys are soaking it up. Uh, Later on today, 5 p.m. Pacific, our eighth install between 
Last Chance Q for me and Sean Salisbury. Sean Salisbury and I will be on Last Chance Q, 5 p.m. Pacific, live right here on the Coach JB Show, brought to you by DB Sport. Make sure you go sign up for Believe, uh, or, or excuse me, betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off. Tell them I sent you. And uh, make sure you retweet my tweets and get this show cracking. I appreciate you guys, man. Wido in the house. I got your text, dog. I'll hit you up today. And, uh, hey, man, I appreciate all you guys. Uh, I'm rocking with the Bengals, too. I think they're rolling this this week against the Chiefs. We're going to break that down tomorrow uh, before the Thursday night game. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member on your way out the door. I'll see you tonight. Everybody right here, join me tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific. Come in here and let's blow up Last Chance Q. We're going to break down some football tonight. Uh, we're going to break down some more quarterback play and keep it real as me, as Sean Salisbury and I do. Got to grammatically correct myself. Hey, I'll see you guys tonight or first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. as always on the Coach JB Show. I'll see you tonight for Last Chance Q. Peace.